is the 70s porn intro. That's exactly what it is, yeah. It really is. That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me on with that. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and our votes for who we believe to be the hor- four horsemen of the apocalypse. I think we've discussed that before, haven't we? My name is Michael Basinger. With me are <laughs> Matt Polly, hey. Brad Pickens. Yes, indeed. And uh, together we are the Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Brad Polly is um, he, he cash cashing in some of his sick days, some of his sick time, uh, and he is not with us. But we do have uh, Doctor Bradley Pickens with us. I have an intro for you. Usually, what I do is I creep people on the internet and then you know get on their Facebook, mm-hmm. spy, and get dirt. How'd you that don't work for me. <laughs> not very well. <laughs> <laughs> you are not on the internet uh, hardly at all. That's true. But here's your intro. What I, here's what I found. Um, Dr. Bradley Pickens, or Pickens as we call him, um, has a PhD in literature, theology, and the arts uh, from the University of Glasgow. Indeed. Um, where his research focused on Christian history that's and in theology. Scot- that's in Scotland. It is in Scotland. Which is, is over there. It's in a different country. It's yes. in a different country. Yeah. Uh, his research focused on Christian history and theology, theology and culture, and American religion and Christian spirituality. And that's exactly as exciting as it sounds. Mm. It, was, <laughs> it was a special time in my life. <laughs> he, he also has a master's in urban studies and has concentrated on issues of urban and rural poverty. He is the founder and executive director of the Farmhouse Mission in Rural... Rural. 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 Uh, <laughs> Orleans, Indiana. All of this information is available on our website. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll, we'll be talking about that in a minute. But uh, Pickens also has a, an extensive vinyl collection. Indeed. Yes, he does. Uh, he loves Sufjan Stevens. I do. The Big Lebowski. What? Arrested Development. All right. Yeah. And uh, his favorite b- baseball player growing up was Nolan Ryan. Yes. I know that because I saw a, a, a he painting of Nolan. Under Nolan Ryan's shadow. Yeah. Um, he once threw uh, Triscuits at an armadillo. We did. Yeah. And Indeed. Zeke. Is Zeke. That's right. <laughs> and he has seen Brian McKnight live in concert. That's also, true. yes. <laughs> also on good. the same trip. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he got that from me, by the way. I guess you didn't figured, know that. Yeah. Yeah. So when we started this podcast, <laughs> we had a list of people we wanted to get on the podcast. You were on that list, believe it or not, mm-hmm. along with like Robert Bell. Yeah. Um, you may have heard of him. No. Um, uh, so but, 75 episodes in. Like, <laughs> I'm making your... Uh, I think like it's I'm, 65. I've actually been invited 65 up. 65 okay. issues. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we really did. They actually... Okay, so they actually wanted to get your wife before we even got you. I'm They're sure. like, we're, we're intentionally... That was Brad. Brad wanted to do that. It wasn't me. <laughs> we're we're going to get Kara, because we need to get her on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um, she is a better person than I am. Yes, she is. Um, it's a pretty low bar for all of us, I think, isn't it? So I, I, I didn't say that you were. <laughs> I've been wondering this, and I've been so we went out to dinner beforehand. Yeah, and I've been wondering, wondering this, and I've been biting my tongue not asking you this question. Have you listened to this podcast? I did once. Yeah, you did once. Yeah, it was, I'm shocked. It was really special. <laughs> Which episode did you listen he's, to? He's honored to be on um, this podcast. I listened to some of the first one. Some of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally different. Okay, so my joke is I listened. Well, I listened to some when Casey was on too. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah my joke was that um, you haven't listened to it because it's not out on vinyl yet. Well, no. 
Not yet. Do they put podcasts out on vinyl? <laughs> Not That's yet. That's what you need to have. Is I want to be the first. Like our, t- yeah. like our twenty dollar, our twenty dollar yeah. Patreon, Patreon supporters that you, can get vinyl. You need to get like a record cutting machine over I in did. the corner, yes. just like just rolling and like cutting, uh, cutting a lacquer as we as we go. <laughs> Um, so you don't have social media, right? No. No Facebook? No. Snapchat? No. Twitter? No. Insta? <laughs> no. Um, no he's, a, he's a literal ghost. He, does, he, he doesn't exist outside of meat space. Uh, yeah, he, he's only a meat person. <laughs> yes. He is a... Um, um, Which made it hard for my wife to cyberstalk me when we were first dating. Yeah, because you're kind of yeah. a, mm-hmm. an enigma. Yeah. And that was before, really, before it was sort of more like Zanga type stuff like, at that point. Yeah. Did you ever have a Zanga? No. Did you have a MySpace? No. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any social media ever? No. <laughs> you know, I believe that human interaction should remain actually human. Yeah. Um, you know, in connections. And if you can't be bothered to call me, I don't want to talk to you. Which yeah. is why I don't ever call you. I know. See? <laughs> <laughs> but you do have email. There, there, you uh, yeah, do I have, have email. email and, and you've got a website. But for, in, for order to, in order to put stuff on the email, I have to first write it out longhand and then send it to me <laughs> via the post office. <laughs> I have somebody and, transcribe that's right, it for and you. And then I've got a secretary that types it up. And yes. that's, uh, like that's how I get around that electronic uh, uh, communication problem. Gotcha. All right. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into an interview with... Uh, Mr. Our doctor, Doctor Bradley Pickens, Doctor Pickens. Pickens. His. I'm, I'm not calling you Doctor Pickens. That will never. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've, I've, we've established that long ago. That's never going to happen. Call um, me sir. <laughs> call me sir. So, so these are. So we've got songs on here that people have created for us. That you're about to hear one. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here it goes. What are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey, hey, what are you drinking now? We cross all genres, too. Yeah, yeah it's really... It's pretty special. <laughs> yeah, you guys are multicultural. Yes. <laughs> You're very sensitive to all of your possible listeners and their tastes. <laughs> Um, so this, we've got some drinks from Callie and Andy Adams. Callie is one of the hosts of Twisted Sisters, which is like a spinoff podcast. I feel like I have to explain all this to you. Mm-hmm. Like it's I have like to know a, the backstory. Like what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like if I watched the second Lord of the Rings movie without the first. <laughs> yes. I don't know what's going on in the yes. first, you know, 85 of these podcasts. Yes. And so you're catching me up as yes. we go. Okay. So there's a spinoff podcast where there are three female hosts that do their own thing. Twisted okay. sisters. Uh, anyway, so she sent us some beers and I think she's really trying to torture us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure she hates us. So first off, um, she sent us these, um, they're called beer booster and hangover helpers. And it's like in a styrofoam cup called Don Chalada Chalada. I've got a theory on the hangover helper part of that. I think probably the way it helps is that you couldn't possibly, possibly drink, drink enough of it in exactly order to right. get hungover. So there are three different ones. We have original, and then what's the green one? Uh, the green one is lemon lime flavor. And then the third one? It just says original flavor. I'm oh, the third really one sh- is, is medium. It's a spicy flavor. Yeah. So we're doing the original first, right? And it's like little, yeah, it's like little packets of spices. That you mix in with it your It literally beer. looks like something you would get at Taco Bell and dump in a cup. Well, basically, it's like you shook the leftovers out of your Dorito bag. Yeah, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what same, it looks like. Uh, yeah. Same overall dump effect. In a cup. Yeah. Yeah. Dump in a cup, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Dorito, Dorito yeah. powder. Yeah. So um, let's start with the, uh, I the original. I really don't want to do this. 
Yeah, it looks terrible. Oh, God. That's delicious. Mm. Oh. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's actually worse than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever expectations I had, it has exceeded them for terribleness. So I, and that's the original <laughs> flavor. Like, Yeah, what did you oh. get to the lemon lime? That was yeah. the, the forefather to the, hey, we can make this even better by adding lemon lime to it. Oh, God. All right, we're doing All the right. lemon lime. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm done. Motherfucker. I about threw up in my mouth. Oh, God. Oh. Callie, you're the worst. That hit my gag <laughs> reflex. I'm not doing them. I'm done. You got to do one. You got to do the spicy. I'm done. Do the spicy. I literally just about right. threw up my tacos. I'm going to get, we're, we've got these in uh, in little cups. I'm going to get mine with the rim. I'm going to have the spicy one that's got the fancy rim. <laughs> okay, on you it. do that. It's got a, it's got a coating. A yes. coating. Yeah, a coating. Yeah. Like the rim is. <laughs> it's literally just coated in sadness. And, 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 and powder, like red mystery powder. Oh, God, Michael. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> Actually, with the rim, no, it's quite a no, bit better. No, it's not. Don't, don't even know. <laughs> no, you should really try No, that. I'm absolutely not doing that. Oh, I that get, is the worst. Oh, God. Oh. I got to get rid of those. Yeah. yeah. Really, oh. really thankful that you guys invited me oh. on the show for oh, tonight. Man. Oh, oh, man. I really about threw up. Why, Callie? That was negative five oh. for me. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother rating those because I can't That's... rate them low enough. <laughs> Honestly, that was bullshit. <laughs> that was that some was serious bad. bullshit. That was bad. I can't. Right. I cannot fathom. There's anybody that would intentionally get like you would get those as a joke thing. Like, yeah. Oh, and she, she fully she, ended. Right, yeah, right, right. And I understand that. But like, there's nobody in the right mind that would buy that and go. You know what? This beer needs is Dorito crushings in the bottom. Actually, yeah. they're high in iron, calcium, and vitamins <laughs> uh, A and C. So I think it helps with the hangover, bro. Yeah, I think uh-huh. um, they're yeah. not. They're not too bad from that oh, standpoint. Man. You can you can follow them on Facebook, Twitter. YouTube and uh, what's that fourth one? Instagram, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's a quality, uh, quality it, Instagram. It's bullshit, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she also sent us another beer, a real beer, um, from San Luis Valley Brewing Company. I'm not sure this is gonna be much in Colorado. Better. It is Valle Caliente. It's a green chili lager. And it's got a cowboy on the front with a very phallic. Uh, yeah, it's pretty green. Pretty penis yeah. shaped. Yeah, a green phallic uh, pepper. Yeah, on his horse. On his horse. It's Valle Caliente, by the mm. way. Not Valle. Valle? Valle. Valle. Valle Caliente. I don't know. Instead of live with God, it's live, a, with, uh, live with Caliente. Live with chilies. I guess. Chilies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it um, didn't, it, we opened it up and poured it out. It did not smell promising. Oh, man. It smells like... Um, it like, smells like somebody liquefied Mexican food. Like a green pepper or something. Like you put it on the grill and yes. you were going to oh, eat yeah. it and stuff like which, that. Which would, is, I would that's a good thing to that. do. That's, that's right. good. Yeah. But, would but you putting that the in the beer, <laughs> we're about to find out, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, yeah, but you're comparing it to the other three beers that's that we a good just point. had. Yeah. And so in, in comparison, this isn't It's not terrible. horrible, but man, I would not want. I wouldn't want a whole one of these. No. Yeah. I wouldn't more than a couple sips of that, probably. Yeah, I'm going to crap out here in another drink or two. That's fine. That's <laughs> yeah, fair. this is pretty rough, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, like some drinks with like spices in them. Like you can, like there's cocktails that you can pull that off in. Yeah. I'm not sure beer is something you can pull that off in. Yeah, that's. I don't think, uh, as a general rule, I don't think that beer should contain any sort of vegetable. So yeah, is pumpkin wheat? beers are crap. Um, I mean, anything uh, that's yeah. got yeah. I'm a sucker for some pumpkin I beer. Don't know. Every once I can do 
like one a year. I yeah, can do. I'm like, same. Yeah. Well, it's just because it took you a year to forget that's that it wasn't good, good the first time was, around. That's a good point. Generally, I just buy Oktoberfest and call it a day. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah. It's not horrible, man. I would not want a lot of that. Well, you've got three more in your fridge, so... Yeah, yeah we'll be going home. We'll send them to Brad. <laughs> yeah, Brad, Brad can try those next week when he's back. When he's not sick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might help him get better. Did you get you another beer? Yeah. I'm also enjoying the uh, Yangling Traditional Lager, which is by far my least favorite beer that I've had... Yeah, multiple. Uh, it's just cheap beer. It it's is. it's yeah. just cheap beer. It I mean, is. it's but like if you're gonna drink cheap beer, you might as well have a PBR or yeah, something that's, that's a little yeah. bit cheaper yeah. and or a nice core, a good cores. Yeah, cores is pretty decent. Has no pretension to um, yeah. being anything crafty. Exactly. I've never had one. A Yangling? Yeah. It's, Outside of the the ones we dumped inside this, the weird packets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, hopped up and horny um, from Horny Goat, India. No, in, those are pretty good. India Pale. Yeah, it's good. And then I've got one of the beers from Iowa, I think. Oh, the Oklahoma City, the DNR. It's mm. a Belgian, Belgian ale. So pretty. It's really good. I've had one before. Mm. This round is on uh, Diana Tom Thompson. Um, Diana uh, is D I A N N A H A. So Diana, huh? Diana. Diana. Uh, pronounced Diana like Wonder Woman's alias, not Diana, huh? Uh, like <laughs> thanks, you're. Thanks for clarifying. Like that. you're laughing, Diana, huh? Yeah. Um, she was born and raised in the Midwest, mother of a very talkative child. Uh, her favorite Same. her favorite movie line is "Don't dream it, be it." She is the is that future. From the Big Lebowski. No, so Finding Nemo. Maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe. That sounds like Finding Nemo, not the Big Lebowski. Or uh, Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Sophie's Choice. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we had a Sophie, Sophie's Choice joke. Probably Sophie's Choice. She is uh, the future Doctor's companion. He just doesn't know it yet, which I think is a Doctor Who reference. Ah, do you watch Doctor Who? I no, 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 not on on. I don't watch Doctor no, on VHS yet. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's not on film strip. Yeah, no, I don't watch that. She is a recovering Catholic. Mm. She loves a good gif and a. Uh, she's a podcast junkie. Yeah, and she's in the pub. Yeah, so thanks, thank you, Diana. Diana. Appreciate thanks. It. Yeah, thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Travel around the world and stop it. Again. Your heart is true. Oh, God. You're a pal and a confidant. You know, just because Brad's not here doesn't mean you can pull that shit. With and me. if you threw a body, all right. Um, you know, it's easy to see why you guys are so popular, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it really is. Yeah. And everybody's like, Michael's my favorite. And I, I honest to God, it's well, not true. I mean, but, I'm. You can tell I'm. I'm hooked. I mean, because I listened <laughs> yeah, to that, that little the bit one, that like, first one, and then I came back for Casey's. I'm fucking out. And then, I mean, I like that's multiple. Uh, Those are literally our top two most popular podcasts. Are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Casey actually beat out Rob Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Who do you think would win in a fight between Josh Casey and Rob Bell? Rob Bell, he's like six five. So. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty tall. I've seen yeah. Casey. He couldn't do it. I could beat Casey up. I'm pretty I sure. We'd find out. Yeah. Next at our next live event. Turd, turd picnic. <laughs> Maybe at the picnic this next yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you'd like to buy us around, uh, preferably one that's not shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com. Actually, I feel really, really bad because she went to all this trouble to send us these beers. No, I think she knew exactly what she was doing to us. Well, I think with, the, with the, the. You'll find out when you lose like a listener tomorrow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, she leaves the pub. It's like an yeah. angry, yeah, it's angry like, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Thing. I think I think if you send somebody a green pepper a green chili lager, yeah, you know what's going on. You know that can't be good. Maybe she's really into green chili I'm, and beer. Maybe she's a masochist and just was like, "Hey, 
you guys try this? This will kill you. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but if, if you'd like to support us, go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. It'll get you in the pub. It's a closed Facebook group. Brad Pickens won't be in there. Um, <laughs> it's a selling point. We talk about uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a high point. Pickens won't be there. Yeah. Um, things discussed in the pub this week. Uh, we had a turd meetup, in, or we're going to have a turd meetup in downtown Disney. Yeah. Um, we got a, uh, also a picnic coming up next weekend. Yes, we do. People are just like people who listen to the podcast just meet up together and, and hang out and drink beer. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. What else would you do with your time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Seems like a good use to me. Yeah. Yeah, right. We also <clears> talked <throat> about a farting, corn eating wombat. Um, Man, where was I for that? Yeah, it was on there. Was people, it? people tag me. People just need to. People just need to tag Matt more and stuff. No, you don't yeah. need to do that at yeah. all. Just no. tag him nope, right in I'm there. Good. Well, how are you going to get your farting wombat uh, stories out of your system? Well, I get lots of snake uh, stories. That's I wonder who will be the all the snake stories. Who will be the first person to tag Matt in that story in the pub? I want to know. They get it. Some sort Why? of name drop or something. I'm just going to turn off notifications for it. That's that fine. freaking beer spicy stuff is coming back. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I know. I'm I really feel like I feel like it's going to eat through the glass and into my table. Is what it. Yeah. It kind of looks like it might do. It really looks like toxic sludge. Yeah. Yeah. We also talked about Bible translation recommendations. What do you guys got? Bible translations. NRSV. NRSV. Yeah. Um, NASB is not bad for accuracy. Yeah. NRSV is pretty good too. Um. For readability and IV, I guess. I mean, what's the worst one? The message. You think the message is the worst? <laughs> as far as translation, I'm go, talking. Yeah. To, you wouldn't go KJV. Well, KJV is not very accurate either. But it's. it's I wasn't great. talking about accurate. Hmm? It's pretty. It's pretty. It's it's poetic. Like you know yeah. all of it, huh? You know a lot of it. Well, in, I do. In yeah. King James Version. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I did. A, I was raised more on NIV. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up a little bit KJ, KJV. Well, always, John three sixteen was always in KJV. Yeah. KJV. John three sixteen, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, 23rd oh, Psalm. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. All that. Yep. Yeah. We talked about uh, political correspondent Brandon Danger Andrus. <laughs> uh, he, somebody called him Dangerous. Pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then we also got, this wasn't in the pub, but we also got called Vulgar from last week's episode. So. Which I'm not sure how that's different from like the 60 other episodes <laughs> previous to that. The but. other, yeah, 64 before yeah. Uh, 63. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, Brad won, Brad promised people in the pub that we'd talk about this <laughs> and conveniently got sick and decided he wasn't going to be here. <laughs> um, but Brad, uh, Polly, had a hot take on a quote from Tim Keller mm-hmm. that literally set the, the pub on fire. Yeah, it was, so, it was a busy, busy place. I'm going to read the message he wrote. Um, and the quote as well. So Brad Polly said, I saw this today. This is horse shit. <laughs> quote. You know, that's a succinct uh, criticism. <laughs> it's, of, it's how the Pollys <laughs> operate. We just generally... Here's like, here's it's how it's I feel. well thought out. Here's how you feel uh, about this. Carefully articulated. Yeah. Uh, thoughtful. Thoughtful. Yeah. So here's the quote. He says, uh, quote, Sin is not just bad things, but good things that we make ultimate over God. Unquote. Tim Keller. And then Brad said, commentated a little bit more, because God is totally petty and can't stand us enjoying anything that isn't Him. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. What do you guys? What do you have to say, Brad? <laughs> or well, he's Dickens. I know he's not here. I don't know what. I don't know what he wanted to say about it. What do you got? Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing that came to my mind when he initially said that was he's uh, understands sin as behavior. Yeah. And um, and that's not exactly what goes on. I mean, the behavior is a secondary part of that. Yeah. And you know what happens with Paul in Romans is, I mean, the first thing that sin is is what you are. Yeah. Um, and that's taken care of, uh, you know, through Christ. Yeah. I mean, so 
I don't know. Yeah, my, my beyond bigger, that, I wasn't all that offended. Yeah. Well, my it, again, it's one of those. It, to me, it was one of those passages that it looks really good on a poster. On it's a, like a poster type thing on a meme, but with a kitten. Yeah, yeah. For me, the biggest problem is that it, it essentially turned God into an object. That it, something, and that, and that's kind of my problem with it. it. Makes God an object that can be sort of chosen over and against something lesser. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about God. What to like talks about is God as the ground of being. Um, you know, Paul says in, uh, in Acts, in him we live and move and have our being. We're talking about Christ. And there, if God is ground of being, then there's nothing to choose yeah. necessarily in that sense. Like um, everything is within him, everything contained in him, in Christ. And so it, when we do live and move and have our being in him, that's every part of our life. Every choice to make is made in Christ. Yeah. All of it's done in Christ. So I that was my kind of problem with it. Like I said, I... It, I didn't. I did not expect it to start the firestorm that it did. Yeah, um, it definitely started a shitstorm. Um, what one thing? Thing I said on there, it kind of makes God um, that teenage um, jealous girlfriend at home when when you're out with the boys and God's like, why why won't Matt text me back? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just don't think that that's how God works. I know the the scripture about our God is a jealous God, a consuming fire. Yeah, yeah I get that. That's Old Testament God. That's well, but it's, you know, it's also you're also talking about a well, text that were written thousands of years ago by tribal people, nomads, and yeah. I mean, it's sort of the other side of you know, the, be careful, little hands, what you do for your father up above is looking down yeah, in love, yeah. waiting to yeah. kick the living crap out yeah, of you exactly. if you do anything yeah. wrong. Except in this case, is if you do something that you were just having a good time with, he's still going to get you, right? Yeah, right. So. Yeah, you better watch out. Yeah. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling. <laughs> well, but that's you and essentially that's Jesus what it is. God is Santa Claus. He's to town. You know, he doesn't want you to have too much fun. You can have fun, but just yeah. not too much fun. And that's that's yeah. what we grew up with in youth ministry and stuff. You know, just hand stuff, nothing else. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep room, give room, yeah. give, keep room for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you believe in Santa Claus as well? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. Still, it's good. I do. It's good. I don't have a chimney, but somehow he gets in here, and gives me presents every year. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. So you have a daughter? Do you do Santa? No Santa. I no. We've already told her that Santa Claus doesn't exist. But do you, actually, but, I told her. But that. do you still? And but, then I immediately got in trouble. <laughs> Not because like other people in my household are not clear about that, but they're afraid that Hazel is going to get in trouble. Uh, yeah, for yeah. telling other kids that Santa Claus. Well, I remember exist. fucking Krista Zimmerman in third grade blurting <laughs> to the whole. Wait, the no, whole, hold on. The whole fucking uh, third grade music room. <laughs> Fuck you and the horse you were in on Christian <laughs> Krista Zimmerman. Yeah. What a bitch. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> she's wow. not listening. Don't worry. Well, but I, she ruined it for I like hope she's okay and doesn't 40 have like kids. cancer or something. <laughs> Somebody, no one fi- find her. Nobody tell no. her I talked about her. No, I'm sure she's nice. Yeah, I'm sure she's a wonderful human being. But it, damn based it, based on that assessment, yeah. I think. How old were you? I was in like third grade. Yeah, yeah, that's about where I was too. Hmm. About you, buddy. I don't know, second, third grade, yeah. something like that, probably. Yeah. So, so you know, so no gifts from Santa Claus for her. You know. No, and that's really mostly because we're lazy, uh, <laughs> not not so much because we're against it. Like, she's got a stocking. We just can't be bothered to fill it up. <laughs> like, the way our household works, we kind of figure that she should be lucky if she eats. And, yeah, like, that's you true. Know, <laughs> I mean, you, you will be grateful, God damn it. You something have food, like that. 
We got her other presents and stuff. We mm. just didn't get her crap for her stocking. Mm. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not a bad father for that. Well, no, I'm a bad father for, for a lot reasons. of other reasons, but not that. Yeah. Yeah. And you should know. I do. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, go. Oh, fat bastards. Let's do fat oh, bastards. Oh, God. We got food, too. Yeah. It's really fun. It tells you we have lots of lots of genres going on here. Yeah. We've got the the the, the morning talk show radio. No, we have the, we have like the sea level morning talk show stuff going on, and then we have the deep spiritual conversation later. Yeah. Um, okay, these are all from uh, Janet Walker, Texas Ranger. Um, At Polly. Poly Nate NMD Ranger. Yeah, so you didn't know that. So all these people on Twitter, mm-hmm. we made an offhanded comment about everybody changing their name to Poly Name because Brad's Poly Name, Brad mine's Poly Name, Matt on Twitter. Literally, like fifteen people changed theirs to Poly Name to whatever their name was on Twitter. That's super creepy. It's creepy, and it's um. There's also Poly Name Jesus and Poly Name Satan. Satan. Yeah, and now Poly Name God. It's get, it's gotten it's kind of jumped the shark a little bit mm. and gotten a little weird. Mm. Yeah, once yeah. God got involved, <laughs> that's that's when it got weird. Yeah, that's when it got real weird. Um, yeah. Okay, so we have these uh, uh, choco rooms. Mm. They're literally mushroom shaped um, chocolate crackers or phallic shaped, so. whatever you want to call them. Well, they they do, yeah. They kind of yeah. Well, well, a mushroom does look like a penis a little bit. Yeah, or your <laughs> penis looks like a mushroom. One or the other. <laughs> Either way. Um, what are we rating these? Dark chocolate and crispy cracker. Um, I don't know. Mm. Very good. Uh, in chocolate yeah. rooms. I'll give them a three. Three Mario's. Let's go Mario's. Murder the mushrooms. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. I could eat a handful of them at a time, mm-hmm. especially yeah. to get the uh, taste of the beer <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> Shit, yeah. out of your mouth. I'm gonna give it a three point five. Um, these are uh, Gin Gins Chewy Ginger Candy. I'm kind of interested in these. I kind of like ginger a little bit. Uh, mm. Oh, it's hot coffee flavored. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, it does, it does say that. Wasn't it? that like a sex mod in uh, Grand Theft Auto a few years ago? What hot coffee? Yes. Do you play a lot of? Gr- no, I know. I just remember there was a lot of there was an outcry about that. It was a the name sec- of the, sex mod. Yeah, it was the name of the uh, like the the modding community. What is a mod? It's when you take like a yeah you, know, you take a video game and like you insert your own crap in it. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, and so it's like a game within the game. It smells like coffee. Oh my gosh. That's super chewy. Just take a corner of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I put the whole thing in my mouth. You don't want the whole thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tastes like coffee and ginger. Bacon's <laughs> <laughs> just lost a tooth. Yeah. My teeth will be stuck together, I think, mm-hmm. for the rest of the... Uh... Oh, yeah. That's super... I wouldn't want a bunch of that, because that's... Uh... It is super chewy. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's really but good. tasty. Mm-hmm. It tastes like coffee with a little bit of 7-Up in there. I think I would eat that more than the mushroom things. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And then these are... Uh... Uts, Uts, wavy, hell of a good bacon horseradish chips. Oh, shoot! Oh, what do you? What did you rate the the coffee? Um, I'll, coffee give, I'll give them a three. They're fine. I give it a f- four and a half. Yeah. Oh, really? You like them that much? Yeah, yeah. I can also I can. three. They've got a little spice kick to them too that I'm not mm-hmm. sure I need. Yeah, there's a lot of spicy stuff tonight. Yeah. Hmm. Those are a lot of horseradish. Oh yeah, especially on the back end, it gets, yeah. it's like climbs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want a bunch of those. Are good, but I wouldn't want a bunch of them either. 
It's still better than everything else I've eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny could yeah. Like, I at least know what this. that flavor is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are fine. I'll give those a three, too. I'll give it all three. They're fine. I give it a... Um, I wouldn't want a bunch of them, but that is good. They are good. I give it a 3.5. Oh, like, man, it's spicy. That's horseradish. Yeah. You ever had horseradish? Yeah. I ate raw horseradish once. Don't do that. Oh, man. How'd you do that? Uh, we were in Seder. Mm. Um, Passover. You did uh, better. You were there. Yeah, I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, those were good. I'm sorry mm-hmm. with that. Janet, we love you. Yeah, thank you. There, awesome. was some other, there was some little things she sent. We just didn't have time for it. And we got more stuff to do. Yeah. So. Are we, we going to do them another week? Yeah, we can. They're like little chewy things and like an Oreo thing. So Janet gets a, a two-parter. Yeah, that's fine. Sweet. All right. Let's go into the news feed. Yeah. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears. All genres, man. We're headed into the news feed. We have country. We have EDM. And we have... Basically, butt metal is what that is. You guys are great. We are great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brad. This is the part of the the show <laughs> where we bring out stupid news piece <clears throat> articles, news items. You have what do you got? I got a couple. Right. Um, it's really this is the headline. Really, is kind of the whole story. Man allegedly shoots squirrel with bow and arrow for giving him a look. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is in New York. A man from Staten Island is facing animal cruelty charges after prosecutors say he killed a squirrel with a bone arrow for a patently absurd reason. Jonathan Mangia told investigators that he shot and killed the animal on Tuesday because it, quote, gave him a look, end quote. Yeah. Um, he, reportedly, he reportedly said he had thrown rocks at the squirrel to scare it away from his home. And then the squirrel gave him gave me a look, and I took it personal. Thanks. Squirrels can be surly. They can. I mean, if you're throwing rocks at me, I'd give you a look, too. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. My um, nephew is a nationally um, like ranked squirrel killer. Uh, Archer, um, and he killed squirrels. He didn't do. He killed a dove, like he oh. literally shot a dove as it was flying, um, and then he also pinned a turkey with an arrow. Why would you shoot a dove out of the air with a bow and arrow? Because you can. What's well, lucky he wasn't on Staten Island? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the bird gave him a look. I don't know. <laughs> a bird had it coming. He probably ate the dove, if I were guessing, mm. um, and the turkey. Anyway, he was arrested. Um, uh, he was arrested for illegal hunting, and the police told him to save archery for the range. So he's uh, hmm. officers charged him with torturing and injuring animals, reckless endangerment, and violating a state environmental conservation law. So, he's going bro, to, that's that's like he's hunting to, in Indiana. Like what? you can legally do that in Indiana. Well, Shoot. this is in Staten Island, New York, in the middle of well, the freaking city. Yeah. I don't think you should be shooting arrows. Unless you're Legolas around a city, probably with, not. But you know, in a city, a squirrel is basically a bushy-tailed rat. Yes. I mean, they're not the no. park creatures that you that's see good, around That's a good point. Squirrels have it coming, man. They're nasty, flea-bitten animals. Yeah, they kind of are. They give you rabies pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Dad got scratched by a squirrel one time on a vacation. We were pretty sure he was going to die from it. Oh, that's what's wrong with your dad? Yeah, among other things. But yeah, we think that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't end up having rabies, but there was, there was a fear there for a minute that he would end up with rabies. Yeah. So. Nobody wants rabies, really. No. That's not something you... Have you ever known anybody to get rabies? Mm-hmm. No, I've never really heard of no. anybody I know that's like. Kara was worried about it though. I got bit by a dog a few weeks ago, and or just kind of a nip. It wasn't really, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then she wanted to know if uh, if the dog had had its shots, and I said, "No, honey, we're in Orange County." <laughs> she was more worried about the dog getting rabies that's from you, true. probably, probably so. Yeah. Uh, okay, and uh, Mother's Day's coming up. Yeah. Um, I have yet to buy my mother anything. Um, yeah. She's going to be on vacation, so I guess that works out. Okay. Yeah, you get a pass. Yeah. 
got her car or something nice in it. Uh, <clears throat> Matt's mom was in here earlier. <laughs> yeah, she was. I'm not even going to tell you the joke she said, but it was awesome. <laughs> well, if you're going to do that. I literally cried <laughs> for 20 seconds. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it kind of caught me off guard, too. Um, I really wish she had never said it. I'll never yep. get it out of my mind. She anyway. said, you want a bad mental image, picture this. And then she said something, yes. and, and we're all and then disturbed. Walked, and then dropped the mic and walked out the door. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, there's weird, uh, HuffPost has uh, weird Mother's Day gifts that you can get your mom. Um, so here's a few select ones. There's a uh, uh, mini cat paws that literally, um, they're literally just mini cat paws that you put out of your sleeves for I like some. I like that. And exp- <laughs> what's the, what's the use for them? I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't really say. I think just to be kind of cute. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good for about ten seconds. Mm-hmm. That'd be the end of it. Um, this well, is do you, more. Do you this want is, your wife to have mini cat paws? Would that be cute for you? For about 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's the Shambong. Um, it's basically a champagne glass, a flute champagne glass with a um, tube coming out of it. It's You basically just bong shampoo, or shampoo, bong. champagne. Like beer bong. Some people yeah. drink shampoo, though. <laughs> yes, some people do. Like do when you hit, that's that? when you know you've hit rock bottom. Uh, well, I wonder what the best, uh, like herbal essence, probably. Maybe, yeah. To drink? Yeah, or head and shoulders. Oh, we're not talking about this. Herbal We're not essence. talking about herbal essence. What about Prell? You go home. <laughs> you guys are idiots. You <laughs> take, go. You go home and drink shampoo like and let me know how that works. Uh, the standing horse toilet paper holder. Um, it's literally what it sounds like. It's a buck toothed horse. Um, it's not. He's not even buck toothed. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you he's can't right even there. see his teeth. Right oh, you there. can. You can. I, What's I against the white background? Yeah. Um, a bling encrusted bottle of Hidden Valley Ranch dressing. Now, how my much, wife how much is that? Because um, that's practical as well as uh, pretty. Uh, about I'm pretty, 50 bucks, I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my wife would love that. She loves there's Hidden Valley Ranch. Pink octopus dress. That's not really. There's poop shaped chocolates. Yeah. Uh, there's the I Am Groot cutting board. Yeah. Uh, Mommy drinks because you cry coloring book. I'm going to get that for Beth. Yeah. Um, a helmet that grows hair. This was my favorite. What? Um, it's supposed to be, it's called the Theragrow. It's supposed to help hair grow um, with 40 lasers attached. So it's, apparently there's 40 lasers shooting into your head. So you're giving that to your mom? Yeah. That's a mom gift? Apparently. It's female yeah. pattern baldness, I think, is the... Yeah, I think that's the idea. You're skipping some. Yeah, they're, they're really not that great. There's American flag onesie. There's a grocery belt. That's one that might come in handy. Oh, it's uh, like a belt you put in with these With hooks, little... and you attach groceries, because that wouldn't look weird at all. Yeah. Actually, in Martinsville, it wouldn't. That'd be probably... Uh, that's... If we yeah. were still in like a... But they ought to sell an accessory that you could attach your child... Yeah, to the belt as well. Well, you could get. Like I've a, got one of this. You could get a. Back, it doesn't work very well. You put the kid in the People backpack give you dirty and then you looks. put the belt around you. You could do. Yeah, that'd work. Yeah. So that's all I got. That's it was a slow news week. <laughs> yeah, for weird news. <laughs> all right, so I've got some um, polygamy trial set to begin for Winston Blackmore, accused of marrying twenty four times. Why would you? Do it once. What a fun story you chose. Yeah. <laughs> Two dozen wives over a 25-year period. Um, started in, in the early 90s. Um, so did he never get the divorce from any of them? No, uh, I think he's a polygamist, my friend. Well, I know. But So were they all like shacked up together? I'm, think, I'm thinking so. Like, It's a religious community practicing uh, multiple or celestial marriages. Ah, it's one of those. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. Um, 24 times. That's a lot of weddings. Yeah. that's. I didn't even want to go to my own wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I was doing it. Well, I was performing it. Yeah, that's just... I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't get the... 
what was that show that was on TV where the guy had like four wives? There's plenty sister of sister wives or something like that. Or yeah, I, I I think it's called Big Love. There's I think there's one called Sister Wives. I, there's several. Once there's one, there's about four. So yeah. I I just I don't get it. I really don't. I don't. I mean, I have no problem if people want to do that, go for it. But that's a lot of work. Yeah, I yeah. There's some psychological stuff going on there. Well, I'm yeah. pretty sure. I mean, yeah, I don't. Pickens, do you have a sister wife? No, 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 no. <laughs> God, no. One's plenty. Thank you. I mean, I mean, you're in the country, so you probably no. get away with it. I I was lucky. No, I was lucky there. to find one female that would engage with me. But like as a person? Yeah, basically. It yeah. was more or less entrapment. Yeah. The chances of me finding multiple um, females of that that But you know, I once ilk. you once you got the first few under your belt, maybe it would get easier. <laughs> you kinda get on kinda get on a roll. I mean uh, like yeah. at twenty one you're basically phoning it in the rest of the way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah you kinda get on a roll. I mean because whoever else you were attracting at that point would have to be sort of like okay with that, yeah, that's that a good sort point. of scenario. After maybe the first Two. Yeah, how would you like? Even, there can't be that many guys out there that have like a half dozen wives. How would you even so. split your time? Like, well, is there like a dating website where like you look up women who are like looking to marry a guy that already has like twelve wives? But or? if you've got twenty four wives, you're seeing one wife. Let's just say one wife. You're gonna make this weird. Every no, no. I'm just saying <laughs> you're gonna make this weird. There's that's like you're gonna see your what one wife at least. Once a month, maybe no, twice I'm, a month. I, in terms of like, if you spend the night with them, yeah, that's a long ass time. Yeah, work for Hugh Hefner. Not really. Yeah, yeah, they've all left him. Yeah, but he always seems to find a pretty plentiful supply. I would say, like after sixty years, <laughs> he's pretty much just paying them though. Yeah, right. Still, he's still working for him pretty well. I think. I mean, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Not to condone any of that. Yeah. No. No, I don't want to. Cond- I'm not condoning Hugh Hefner. I'm just saying. But the polygamous thing. There are people, I mean, there are people who are in. I mean, that's what they want to do. That's what they, I guess that's what they want to do. I don't know. Yeah. It's certainly not for me. All right. Um, so the identity <laughs> of a naked man posing on a shark has the internet pointing fingers. Um, so let me show you the picture first, just because I think you guys really need to see it just for science. Do we? Yeah, because you're definitely <laughs> not going to be able to unsee this. <laughs> that is a naked, fat, naked man riding a shark. Yeah. <laughs> So um, they are saying that he looks a lot like the Florida football coach. That guy. Right. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Will Musk something? Will Muschamp? Um, Jill Jim McEllen? McElwain? Somebody else. yeah, but it's not him. Don't worry about it. But well, thank God. I just need an excuse. Meanwhile, that guy's like getting his uh, legal team together to come after the uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just I just needed an excuse to show you guys a picture of a naked dude sitting on a shark. So, I always thought shark skin was kind of rough. Yeah, I and is it that looked, he would junk first? Like yeah. he, yeah, yeah, he was right on there. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> just right, I, just right up on. There. I always assumed like shark skin was kind of like a catfish, and catfish. Skin is really smooth. No, I'm no, pretty it's, sure it's, it's rough. It's like rough. they used to use it for sandpaper before they had really sandpaper. Yeah, hey, the more you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun shark fact. paper. Yeah, yeah. Re- are you? Are you? No, it no, really I mean, is. Ru- it really yeah, is rough. rough. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. It's covered with tiny spines, basically. I mean, yeah, yeah. We use all parts of the animal. First, you eat the shark, and then you <laughs> and then you rub the rest of it on your wood on your armoire. 
in order to. Uh, I'm glad you clarified. Are, are you? <laughs> that guy's rubbing on his wood, though. Or <laughs> 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 rather, rubbing his wood on the shark. He's just he's just skipping a few steps. Right. I hear that you um you like to rub wood. Is that <laughs> I do some wood like, working like a, at like home. A, yes. a part time. A part-time thing that you do. It, no, it's it's a thing that I do. Uh, I just built stair rails yeah. for my house. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's my child's been uh, mobile now for about two years. And, <laughs> it's time uh, to put some safety, so some was, safety, some safety that's right. we thought, in. You know, we looked at it and we thought, she's made it this far, and evolutionary speaking, that's a good sign. Um, <laughs> but what if we what if we prevented her from falling off the edge of the stairs? Yeah. How'd it was it was a tenuous conversation. The the parents in the household were evenly divided on that. Uh, <laughs> rails or no rails? Rails and no rails. And which yeah. which side won that argument? Uh, the rails yeah. did. The yeah. rails. Yeah. 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 Which side were you on? <laughs> I was. Well, I'm the one that had to build the rails, and so you were anti-rails. Had, you know, there'd been some talk about putting them in two and a half years ago, maybe <laughs> before the child actually showed up, and I just got busy. Yeah, you were derailed. Ex- God. No, no. <laughs> I'm not even acknowledging that. Nope, not happening. <laughs> and that's how we quit talking about steroids. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Pepsi's coming out with a new flavor, um, cinnamon flavor. It's called Pepsi Fire. Yeah, you should bring it to the podcast and put beer in it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, don't tempt me. Um, put some Fireball cinnamon whiskey in there. That's mm-hmm. the, we drank that at your house one time. That's I did. That was basically poison. Yeah, you brought it down. Oh, yeah, I did. That's right. Yeah, that's right. He, I was like, I only associate that with Pickens because right. I've only had it there. And surprisingly enough, the rest of it is still sitting in my cabinet. <laughs> is this, we, we leave it down there. <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> have, you, have you thought about like using it to stain some wood? <laughs> you probably could. Those rails? You could, yeah. yeah. would probably eat the wood. But, yeah. Mm. You could strip paint off of something, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Eat wood. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. we go. There you go. And finally, um, the this is just product updates. Um, oh, there's a new drunk um, again. No, no, no. Uh, pickle flavored ice pop. No, it's a pickle flavored nope. ice pop. Nope. But if pickle you put ice. it in a beer, no, no, God. it would not be any different. Than no, it crap. wouldn't. You're right. You're what, right. Do you, do you guys drink pickle juice? No. I'll eat pickles. I won't drink pickle juice. Who drinks pickle juice? Um, people do it on the internet. It's supposed to make you ripped or something. I don't know. No, it doesn't. You know what makes you ripped? Lifting weights. And eating pickle ice. Yeah. Good genes like this. Right. Yeah. We're physical <laughs> specimens, we are. So, so no, would you do the pickle pop? No. No. I'm not. No. God, just eat pickles. I like, didn't mean to say do the pickle pop, but now that once it came out of my mouth, um, mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. Any, any other weird flavored liquids you'd like frozen? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> just move on. I don't Beer popsicle? Would you do that? No. no, I want to drink it's a waste beer. Of beer. You don't waste. You don't waste fucking beer, man. Like that's just a rule. You just wasted another beer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As we sit around, I was kind of lobbing it up there for you. Uh, Yingling, this, Yingling doesn't count. You can waste Yingling all day long. Yeah, yeah. You don't waste good beer. You can waste shit beer, but you don't waste good beer. I wouldn't mind Yingling if there hadn't been like a massive marketing campaign exactly. when the, they brought it into Indiana. Finally, Yingling is yeah. here. As if it's good. I know. Yeah, well, the Mexican place in town we ate at has Ying. We have Yingling on draft now. You're a Mexican joint. It's like who cares? It's shit. I mean, yeah. On a, on a hot day, it's really cold. That's it's whatever. It's just beer. But and if you're in Pennsylvania, where there's nothing else to drink, there is that too. Yeah. 
But in Indiana, you've got options. I know. They don't have good beer in Pennsylvania? Nope. They have some of the most regressive liquor laws in the nation. Mm-hmm. You can only buy beer by the case in a state-run liquor store. <laughs> and a very limited selection. And you can only buy it by the case in order. They're trying to combat drunkenness, I guess. Um, and then uh, you can also buy it at a bar in a six-pack, but you pay bar prices for that. Wait. Uh, you have to buy a six-pack at a bar? Yes. That's surprising about Pennsylvania. Well, not really, because it's... It's a weird state. Yeah, it, it is. It's a weird state. Everything in the entire state of Pennsylvania is like it's just mediocre. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that's really bad. There's nothing that's really <laughs> yeah. good. It's just all mediocre. Yeah. yeah. And they seem, the to, they seem to kind of get along with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you know so much about Pennsylvania liquor law? My wife's from there. Oh. Um, yeah. He's been there a few times. Matt's scratching his beard for you listeners. Sorry, oh. I was a little close to the mic there. My bad. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Man. Yeah, that's, let's, that's let's move it. On. Let's get to the good let's stuff. Let's go uh, further up, further in. Yeah. Uh, acapella, too. Uh, <laughs> it's Lucas Allen. Uh, <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. A lot of production value in that. Yeah, he did it. He did it. Uh, he was waiting on something to dry in his wood shop, I think, and he spent like two minutes working on it. Nice. We said, "Hey, we'll use it." Yeah. Um, so we we wanted to bring Pickens on for a number of reasons. Um, one, um, well, he and I have been friends for two decades. So yeah. We met in college. Just FYI, um, he was in my wedding. Um, we've just we've been around each other forever. So. Um, we wanted to bring him on and talk about one, the farmhouse and what it is. Um, cause I think a lot of our listeners would be, um, fans and would be interested in probably <laughs> the services that you offer, that you render unto the public. Um, and then also talk about with uh, the number of people that we have who are in the midst of you know, deconstructing their faith and have sort of turned, been turned away by the church and turned away by, or just not turned away. So but just run off, just want nothing to do with it for various assorted reasons. I do have one small problem with with the farmhouse. No pickle pops. What the hell? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you need more pickle pops. I don't think that's true. Next time he comes down, make sure you make him some Give him a pickle pop. Give him a pickle pop. Yeah. Make him eat the entire thing. Chocolate-covered pickle pop. Yes. That's even better. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. That would be good. No, it wouldn't. Um, I'd try it. But you, you did your... You can talk about your PhD work a little bit, too, because it was essentially a basically deconstruct evangelicalism and in particular mm-hmm. a particular subset of that that we all grew, all three of us all four of us including brad grew up in so i want to talk about that talk about your upbringing a little bit kind of where you came from and then um we'll start there and then kind of what the catalyst sort of was for because we went to bible college together um bible, bible college, college uh quote we were well quote. educated yeah um and you can talk about the sort of the catalyst was for starting that that deconstruction of evangelicalism in particular independent Christian churches that we were part of um, you know when you sort of sensed that things weren't <laughs> something was off was was a kilter um, so to speak so just wherever you want to go with that um, just kind of talk about your upbringing a little bit and then talk about where that all started okay the, who do you think you are not me um, no I grew up uh, in southern Indiana on uh, on my family farm mm-hmm. uh, it was land that was homesteaded by my great 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 great-grandfather in 1812. So we've been there before Indiana was a state. I mean, yeah. it was, uh, that's, that's where we were. We yeah. were located. And what that brought with it was a sense of, like, place and belonging. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's a, a pretty major thing. It's yeah. been a big part of what the farmhouse is. Yeah, right, um, from the very, very beginning. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, I mean, part of what you're, 
part of what happens when you come out is you get to participate in that, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Uh, my wife, Kit, and I, we live in the log cabin that my grandfather built during the Depression. Um, and then we've been building stairs in it uh, in off and on for... In railings. Yeah, railings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've been doing that off and on for several years yeah. now uh, <laughs> while we hope that our child grows up. Um, Let's hope. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's nice. Uh, but I grew up in a in a in a real church. Yeah, uh, and I think that's an important thing to say. Yeah, um, like whatever's going on within within evangelicalism, American evangelicalism, um, it didn't necessarily start out like that. Uh, it right. came from something that probably had some some meaning and some uh, use at some yeah. point. Um, but the church is is going to be two hundred years old mm-hmm. uh, here in in a couple years. Um, and the way it was structured was everybody who went to that church could trace their roots back to within two miles of that church. Yeah. Uh, as however far you could ride a horse and buggy or legitimately walk to uh, to church on a Sunday morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, what, what happened, I mean, what was nice about that was everybody knew each other, they worked mm-hmm. together. Uh, it wasn't just that they went to church together, it was that they were sharing in life together. And so I grew up with a real, real strong sense of community. Yeah. And the other thing that, that I think is important about it is the church that I grew up in wasn't an evangelical church. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the sense that we talk about it or use that, um, you know, about American evangelicalism. Which is sort of pejorative anymore. <laughs> it, it, well, it yeah. is. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's awful. And it's, it's kind of, it kind of sucks because that's actually not a horrible word. Uh, I mean, evangelical, you're concerned about the, the evangel and the good news. Yeah. And so that's where that comes from. That's yeah. nice. Um, instead, we've chosen to identify it with a political movement that's abandoned any pretense of uh, Christian virtue. Um, <laughs> you know, Jesus. Not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> and, but, you know, the church that I grew up in was, what it was, was sectarian, mm-hmm. um, which is a different sort of thing. Um, you know, a sectarian church is it's someone that's left the mainstream. They've said, you know, you're doing that. We don't think that's okay. We're going to take our ball and we're going to play over here. Yeah. And and they're kind of claiming their position as as being orthodox, and this is our own thing. Um, that's not always great. And this isn't just your church; it's like a whole yeah, it's a like whole, a whole, whole bunch of them, yeah. you yeah. know. Um, and that that can have some problems and stuff like that. But what it has that's really good is it's focused on its spiritual life. Yeah. It's focused on prayer. It's focused on the f- preservation of the faith. It's focused on who it is as as a believing community. You can still get problems right. in that, but um, but that's what it was. And so that was actually a good environment to grow up in because I saw people praying together. I saw them living out their faith and their lives and all that. And I think, you know, it's interesting when I've, as long as I've known you and gone through this process essentially with you, I mean, from mm-hmm. the very beginning, um, I think that's one of the things that's been interesting to watch is there's, there's a, I mean, I would wager there's some pain involved in what you've gone through because of what you knew it to be at one point. Oh, yeah. And, and, and watching it sort of <laughs> devolve into, Whatever the fuck it is now, I mean, like, um, there's a there's an infinite sadness there to that. I mean, because mm-hmm. it was a real loss. Like, you really did lose something. It's like your yeah. mom falling in love with your drunk stepdad. No, it's not like that at all. Kind of. God, it's kind of like that. No, it's not like that <laughs> at all. It's not like go. That at all. You go sit in the corner kind for five of. minutes. No, right. you're done. No. Right. Um, Fine. But yeah, I mean, like, no, there, was, there was definitely. I mean, we've had many conversations yeah. where it's just there's just pain. I mean, yeah, there is. There's yeah. a lot of loss there yeah. because. You know, it's well, and it's it's. I mean, real community. It's it's um, extended family. Yeah. I mean, that's that's right. the closest thing. And it was, it was a tight family. 
Um, and so, you know, as, as those structures fall apart and suddenly people that were part of your life that you grew up with, um, like they don't go to the church anymore, they may not go to a church at all anymore, yeah. um, maybe they still go there, but now they don't really talk to you. Yeah. Um, they avoid because, you in the grocery store. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, really, I've had, yeah. That, yeah. I've had that kind of thing happen. Um, that's a really disconcerting thing to have happen. Uh, you know, people that, um, you know, I went and, and helped, you know, work on their house or, I, yeah. you know, I remember going and, you know, visiting in the hospital or doing, you know, doing things like that uh, or, you know, just doing community things or growing up right. with their kids and, you know, being at their house until all hours of the night and stuff like that. And then you see them now and and there's no basis for yeah. um, for a relationship anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and Brad and I have talked about it a little bit because we've we've talked about how, you know, we were mom and dad wanted us to go to a Christmas Eve service with them. Um, mm. They really wanted us to do that, and so that's fine. So we all the whole both families went. Brad and I both of their families, and it was it was it was good to see some people, but it was weird because like there's such a disconnection now um, between where we are in our faith and where they are in their faith. Like there's like nothing's really changed in the 20 years that I've since I've been there, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, with any They're regularity. huh? Just more Chris Tomlin. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, like, no, nothing is really, yeah, nothing has really changed. But so, like, so we've moved to this different place. I'm not saying better or worse. I'm just saying we just, we're in a different place than they are. And, like, the people who were instrumental in who I am now, yeah, yeah. I can't relate to anymore. Yeah. Like, I have, there's not even a common language, a common, we've talked about that before, there's, there's not a common language we can even speak to have any kind of conversation about what's going on in my life or their life. And it's you know sad, right. man. It's really it is. sad. It really is. I can, like the church, whenever I left the church that, that I grew up in, um, I remember thinking, these are people that like used to come to my house. These are my Sunday school teachers. And do these Bible my, study. Yeah, right. And when I was I was a kid, uh, when I was a baby, I, I had a stroke at birth and they literally came to my house and like prayed around me yeah. for me. Did they take you to the hospital then? After yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in the hospital. Thank goodness oh, okay. my, my parents were wise enough to go to the yeah. hospital. Um, but um, they, they they genuinely cared about me. Yeah. And, you know, my mom got Mother of the Year Award that year because of me because, I mean, she deserved it. You're pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Yep. What? You're the one that had the stroke. I know. <laughs> like I, know. Should have got I should get child. You should get year. something for that. <laughs> I know. I got a podcast. That's what I got. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, it was sad to think that those people that were so close to me and so impactful in my youth are just, that relationship's gone. Yeah. You know, there was a big, um, somebody had someone, an elderly person who was elderly when I was a kid just had a big, a big um, birthday. Everybody went, and I was invited, but it was just like, <laughs> can I go and have those? I don't know that I can be there yeah, and be that awkward and sit in that awkwardness with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll say for my part, the people that are older, like that older generation has always treated me well. That's good. Um, and I still maintain relationships That's with good. them. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's one of those things, never don't trust anybody uh, under the age of 75, yeah. um, <laughs> I think is the, That's good advice for the everybody. phrase. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I've had, I've had some good, good experiences in That's that. That's good. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Um, but the church changed. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that happens in that change is it makes you question the reality of that, uh, of that initial 
encountered. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, if this is how you know this person is, who at one point say was a was a spiritual leader, um, was it real? Thirty years ago, when I was you know in in VBS with them yeah. or something. Um, or, or was it an act then uh-huh. that, uh, that they were going through? Um, but one of the things that happened is, as I was growing up in that church is it, is it changed? And again, not just that church, um, but the denomination as a whole. Um, it becomes a little bit more aligned with evangelicalism. It becomes a little bit more um, politically yeah. aware. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. which is really what evangelicalism is at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a political position mm-hmm. that uh, that's taken some of the trappings of of Christian thought and adopted it and said this is actually what it means to be Christian. Turned into civic religion. Yeah. yeah, you know. So so what was happening was you know the focus became less and less on on our prayer, less and less on on what we believed, less and less on um, you know let's let's sit down and actually talk about our faith. Um, one of the things is long before my time, but if you went back a hundred years uh, at this at this church, the elders would get together on a Sunday afternoon and they'd discuss what they'd heard that morning. They'd talk about the issues that were raised in the sermon. They'd talk about the scriptures. They'd talk about about how that impacted their life. And and I, I mean, I really look back on that with awe. I mean, it wasn't like that was that happened one Sunday. That's what they did. That yeah. was their practice. Um, and that's a good practice if you're a church leader. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that what's going on there is, is something that you're growing into and learning from. Um, but it, um, I, you know, what, what happened though in, in the church is, is uh, it became more concerned about what was going on in the world. You know, yeah. it, when I was a kid, it was concerned about what was happening in the church, and then suddenly you're concerned about what's happening somewhere else. And that's a weird sort of thing to be concerned about, because you actually have a limited amount of uh, control over that. Yeah. Yeah. You can control your faith. You can control what happens right. in your church. You can control how you, you sort of manage your spirituality. Um, but some of these other things, suddenly, like we're responsible for doing something about yeah. in, in mm-hmm. the middle of nowhere in, in rural Indiana. Um but, uh, you know, so what happened, I mean, the other thing that was going on, um, you know, as you get older, you, you sort of encounter other aspects of that church. And, you know, so I, I mean, some of the turning points that I really remember, uh, I was getting introduced to young earth creationism and, <laughs> uh, and apologetics, uh, at, at church camp. Like this is a proof for your faith. And I, you know, I had this, uh, like this handout on, um, you know, kind of what the astronauts thought they were, you know, they were afraid they were going to land on the moon and, you know, it's all spongy. Um, and they just sink in because of, you know, all the dust that should be. And mm-hmm. so since it wasn't there, it's proof that the world was only 6,000 years old. And you think, well, this is fantastic. I'm 14 years old. And like, I've learned, yeah. you know, I something, have all the answers yeah, yeah, something yeah. that these scientists and these other people haven't, um, <laughs> you know, haven't figured out. Um, Stupid scientists. <laughs> I know, right? So... You know, I mean, but that's I got really into that stuff yeah, yeah, um, sure. because it offered some kind of certainty against uh, the disease and the uncertainty mm-hmm. that came everywhere else. Yep. Um, and one of the things, and I think what that what that was an outgrowth of, because the other thing that was happening was you started to see a lot of, of really manipulative behavior behavior by the adults uh, who were leading these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so you'd go to church conferences, you'd go to youth group and, and stuff like that, and you just hear this again and again and again. You know, the church is one generation away from extinction. Uh, you know, and you're the generation that's yeah. going to go out there and 99% the of kids who go to secular college yeah. <laughs> never go to church again. Well, yeah. 97%, something like yeah. yeah. And I, you know, and I think we took I, that. I, and I use those stats. I fucking taught those things yeah. in my youth it's group. Scary. I mean, you, you, you should repent. I have, believe me, many times. Well, you know, one of the things I realized, I mean, later at the time, like we all took that seriously. Yeah, sure. It was because it was scary. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't something you're like, oh, well, we're the generation that's going to win the world to Christ. It was just, you know, holy crap. Like if we don't do something, you know, this whole, uh, yeah, like, it was psychological manipulation. You're going to start listening to White Snake and get a tattoo. Watching Tiny Katane videos. Indeed. And all those James Dobson things. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved those. <laughs> Um, you know, we I just had a flashback of a James Dobson video of him in an ice cream shop with a leather jacket. I don't remember that. If somebody finds that on the internet, send it to me. It's probably on YouTube. That's terrible. It was, it yeah. was, it was terrible. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and then the other thing was going on too, you'd, you'd show up and, and you started to get these attacks on, on your behaviors. Uh -huh. Um, or even if they weren't your behaviors, you still were included in the attack, yeah. you know? So you get attacked for your sexuality, you get attacked yeah. for drinking, you get attacked for smoking, you get attacked. I mean, it just, it yeah. didn't matter what it was. And so most of what was happening was really fear-based. It was really, yes, very and much a lot so. of it was really, you know, it's the projections of the adults, mm -hmm. uh, on these, on these children, um, I remember going to a youth conference and this this guy was standing up. He's probably younger than we are now by a ton, and and he's just in tears, you know, talking about how, uh, you know, when he was in in uh, in high school, like he'd fooled around with some girl, and then that didn't go anywhere other than the fooling around bit, and and he met this wonderful, amazing woman who forgave him, uh, and then yeah. and then agreed like condescended to marry this guy who wasn't pure. Yeah. And it's like, well, what business is that of hers? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you know, where does forgiveness come in there? Yeah. I, you know, it was just it's such a strange thing. Yeah. But you would sit through that, and it made it made such a difference mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how you thought about your faith, in terms of how you thought about your life. Yep. And then the other thing that they did was they started to introduce all these Christian alternatives. To stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you like Journey and Foreigner? Here, listen to Petra. You know, like there was, <laughs> like there was nothing hipper than you know than listening to Petra. Then, and yeah. the, you know, yeah. ten years after Journey and Foreigner had their uh, had their moment in the sun, you can listen to the crappy Christian version of that. Um, or if you want to listen to a really bad band, you could listen to the Newsboys or something. Um, and you know, they don't say breakfast in hell. Warning. <laughs> they don't. Right. Like they'd go. <laughs> You'd go to the right the Bible bookstores, and there was a list of you know. Do you like yes. that band? And yeah, you can, you can yeah. listen oh, yeah. to this band. And yeah. I, I eat that up. Yeah. Can, can we all just agree that Striper fucking kicked ass though? No, they did what they could. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not going to agree <laughs> with that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so to what? Hell with the devil, Mission TFO. Hell that's a good. Yeah, that's a fun devil. song. That's not a good song. It's, it's not a, a good song, song, but it is what yeah. it is. It's the yeah. only yeah. reason yeah. to yeah. have a Striper album. Um, but the thing that's important there is, you know, suddenly our, identi our identity as believers yeah. was grounded in what we what we bought. Oh, yeah. You know, it wasn't yeah. what we were yeah. or how we acted or anything yeah. like that. And so all of that added up to this sort of virtual reality. Mm -hmm. um, none of that was real. Like suddenly you're presented with an alternative version of science, and they're saying, well, real science isn't actual science. And you're presented with, uh, you know, an alternative version of music that sucks. And they're trying to say that, you know, this other stuff that's actually really good is... I remember having Christian pogs. 
Remember Pogs? Yes. No. I had ones with <laughs> the worst. Uh, <laughs> uh, they had pog, like crosses on yeah. them. And, right. You know. Yeah. You can't even buy breath mints without them being testaments. I mean, like, like they had I'll, fucking Christian breath mints. I mean, I'll show you some testaments. <laughs> It's just, oh, you just man. lob them up there and he just swings through the fences. Yeah. And considers that a hit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's very proud of himself. It's fine. Just, know, right? just push through. I know. Yeah. Um, you you know, know, so I think what happened, by the time we got to Bible college, mm-hmm. uh, the first people had really started to drop out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't take long. And we were, you know, at, at our age, we were the first ones to really do that. Like mm-hmm. the people that were two or three years older than me, for the most part, didn't do that. No. Um, but it was it was our age on down that started to started to leave, mm-hmm. and and even then, you know, the experience at Bible College was less than ideal. Yeah. I think you'd agree with that. Yeah. I, and you know, I I went to Bible College thinking, oh, this is going to be cool. Um, you know, there'll be people that are really serious about their faith and uh, you know and grounded in mm-hmm. in stuff. Everybody's, um, everybody's busy jerking off in the rooms. Or the showers. Or, yeah. um, there was. That's why I wore yeah. sandals. Indeed, That's why it's yeah. so slippery. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. You're right. I mean, and that's, it, cool. That's, and that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Jerking off in the shower, totally cool. <laughs> but you know, so what we were taught then about ministry was you do ministry based on these business methods, and you, you know, you yeah. police behaviors, and you, and you just pile all this cultural dogma into your into your faith, and. Um, so all of that added up to, you know, I think something that was highly uncomfortable mm-hmm. and, you know, I, we didn't want any part mm-hmm. of, um, and there wasn't anywhere to go with it. Yeah. 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 Well, and I was, I mean, you were, you were ahead of me and Brad on, in that regard on sort of going, um, yeah, I don't think this is good. Mm. Uh, and you, you were really sort of the, and this is, I'm not buttering your bread or whatever, we've been friends for 20 years. I'm not going to do that shit. But you were really sort of the, and we've talked about this on the podcast, actually. You were sort of the catalyst to sort of pushed us over the precipice towards kind of where we are now. It's, it's really, really gratifying to see what that's turned into. It's, right it's, it's, it's worked out it's, well for all of us. It's all your yeah. fucking fault. My yeah. mom has some choice <laughs> words with you. <laughs> Michael, Michael got your mom, too, your mom doesn't even know me. <laughs> well, if she knew that you were the reason that Matt exists, then <laughs> that would be. See, a, you yes. fucked me up. I fucked Michael up. That kind of, it's just right. kind of. A, it's all your fault. The rolling stone catches moss. That I guess, of, yeah. yeah. Or gathers moss. No, it doesn't gather moss. No, well, it doesn't. Anyway, yes. Yeah. That's, that's really edifying. It is, yeah. That. Anyway, but like. No, seriously, but like you, I mean, we had, how many conversations we had where you were saying things, I was like, man, I don't understand anything you just said, or I just, I wasn't there, but it got me to a place where I was, it started, it planted that seed in my mind, in, in Brad's mind, it just planted that seed for us to say, yeah, this isn't great, like what's going on here is not great. Um, even in even in things as simple, like, you know, in my first church, I was there for like five years, like, even when like things like, uh, you know, like building programs came around going... Yeah, this isn't going to do anything for anybody. Like, this is not where we, we don't need to be dropping a quarter of a mil so we can get some carpet and stone on our wall. Like, right? Nobody's going to come to our church. Like, even simple things like that. We're like, that's not even that's like a surface level thing. But just questioning, going, yeah, I don't think this is what the church is supposed to be. Well, you know, I mean, you mentioned that I was saying the church is the one of the biggest destroyers of wealth yes. in a community. Yeah, um, it takes all this money, it turns it mm-hmm. into buildings, it turns it into stuff. Uh, programs that basically serve them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they justify it because they've got a food pantry that they have four volunteers that go to on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, 
that's not okay. It's a consumer. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing that um, that we wanted to be part yeah, of. Yeah. And I know you, we've talked about you know the church should be more like a essentially should be a co-op. I mean, like you bring stuff in, they offer stuff back. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. You it all. It's a black hole. It's just a black hole for finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it offers programs, but a lot of those programs are just self-serving for the church, or at least it's just a food pantry once a week or whatever. It's like token efforts towards building any kind of anything resembling a community. It's right. masturbatory. That yeah, it, it's it's spiritual masturbation essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. I mean, it's yeah. it's an echo chamber. It's spiritual masturbation. Call it whatever you want. That's it's is masturbatory a word? Is that a word? Yes, masturbatory. masturbatory. Yeah. Good sure. job, buddy. Yay! Big words for you. Yay! Big words for Michael. Anyway, so so that sort of brings us to like. Um, where do you where do you see kind of your this is really sort of your PhD type work like talk a little bit about the sort of the where the you see the evangelical church has just failed and and where um where it's failed why it's failing is there any hope for it what's the way forward if there is a way forward like just talk about that kind of stuff a little bit okay because I know that's where sort of your doctoral work went so yeah I mean I was thinking about that. Because you'd asked that question the yeah. other day, and I was thinking about that today. I mean, failure is a really interesting word yeah. to use in that context. Um, at one level, I, I mean, I'd, I'd have a very difficult time saying, well, yes, you know, the, the evangelical church in America uh, has somehow not failed. Yeah. Um, Maybe I, I, deficiency is a better word. Yeah. Like, what are the deficiencies that... Well, I, I mean, I think there's a couple caveats. Yeah. I, first of all, I mean, it's possible for individuals and congregations and, you know, in larger groups within sort of American evangelicalism, it is possible for people to be faithful within oh, that absolutely. system. Absolutely. We know, um, we know churches that are like that. So, yeah. yeah. Right. And so... So I think it's, I mean, it's just important to be able to, to sort of make that critique. Right. And so, you know, we're talking about this general system and the state Painting of with being. with a broad brush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, recognizing that there's some right. exceptions right. within that. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing I think is really important to, to sort of bring out um, is when you talk about that, that sort of fundamental failure or that sort of difficulty. It's not just something that's happening in the evangelical church. Right. Um, the fundamental problems that are manifesting themselves within American evangelicalism uh, as, as just this extreme dysfunction um, are present more or less in, in, in different forms in mainline churches and, you know, and yeah. in, in other groups as well. And so what I, what I think is interesting um, is why the church has gotten into this state and I think there's two things that I was I was kind of thinking about that I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, the first one is there's just the the advent of power within the church uh, that it suddenly became available within American evangelicalism. Yeah. Um, the I mean American evangelicalism what really what grew out of the fundamentalist movement um, was a marginalized community. Uh, after the Scopes Monkey trial and all that stuff, well, they lost, yeah. and uh, and they generally lost the uh, the culture yeah. with them. Um, and then you got into the 1970s, and suddenly there there'd actually been an underground. Um, I mean, it was it was prominent enough you could notice it, you could see it happening in uh, in American politics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But uh, but there'd actually been a movement uh, of people working to consolidate power and working to consolidate. Um, you know, some kind of uh, of voice uh, within within this society, um, and so it's not just power that they suddenly have access to. Uh, that you know, you really see it blows up with the moral majority in, sure. in seventy nine. 
Um, but it's it's this hunger for worldly power. Yeah, it's not just we're going to have power as a church in order to affect change in our neck of the woods. We're going to reach into into these levels of government, and we're going to attempt to yep. to change the system in in this way. And I remember being excited about that prospect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that. I remember, God, even far back as the first election of. George W. I mean, we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. I mean, I was like pumped that a Republic, I was like a Christian just took office. Yeah. I mean, and, and looking back at that going, mm, not so sure about Not that. so sure about that. Yeah. And not that he's not, I mean, I'm not, not that, no, but like at the time, but I remember thinking how great that was. And this is like 2000, like literally 17 years ago. I mean, well, and really, yeah. I mean, George Bush is like the mother Teresa of presidents compared to at our this current, point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought option. we'd be missing him? Yeah. Um, but, you know, so the, the evangelicals are just the latest group to sort of take a swing at it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's something that's gone back throughout the history of the church. Once you get, um, you know, Constantine, yeah. who says, hey, we're not going to kill these people anymore. Um, and, and you know, Christianity becomes tolerated, then it mm-hmm. becomes the state religion. It becomes, you know, so power's always gone along with that. Um, and then in this country, I mean, one of the reasons for the mainline decline um, was was the fact that they had that kind of power to wield in their in their culture, mm-hmm. um, and you, see, you saw the same thing in Europe when you have state churches. Yeah. Um, you know, and what the, what it means when the church weds itself to that kind of power is when you have a problem with the state, then you also have a problem with the with the church, sure. uh, because they're they're one and the same uh, they're one and the same thing. So one of the things that's interesting right now, I mean, the mainline churches have had sixty some odd years to kind of reflect on that. Um, and, and they're actually engaged in some innovative ministry. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, okay, well, where do we go now? How do we, how do we operate and function in this, in this way? And, and the fundamentalist churches, um, they haven't fully experienced the backlash that comes from their involvement in, in politics, um, and they may be somewhat inoculated from that. Because, do you think that's coming? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. I, think, I don't think four years from now the evangelical churches are going to look at themselves and say, oh, yeah, that was really a growth time for us. Um, <laughs> you know, well, you did say something earlier, the mainline decline. That's a kick-ass band name. <laughs> the mainline decline. That is a pretty good band that name. Could be the, yeah. That could be the pastor's house band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes! Now that's the evangelical circle. Evangelical, circles. yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's some level of inoculation from that yeah. because they've they've tied their faith so deeply right. into into this politics that you can't um, you can't get through it. So I was I was talking to a, a couple of guys from a church um, earlier this year. Um, this is a convoluted issue, but it was something. It was a very local issue um, where we have uh, some white supremacists that have moved into our community, and um, and I was part of a response to them as one does as one does. <laughs> Well, it's a very popular thing to do now, yeah. all of a sudden. Um, but I led a, you know, as part of a group that was leading a response to that. And basically, it, you know, what we wanted to communicate is, hey, um, you know, these people are in our community. They're our neighbors. Um, we want to treat them in a neighborly way. Um, we want to treat them with respect and dignity. It, I mean, we, we're not going to sign up for their newsletters and, you know, we're not going to go along with their, uh, with their beliefs and we're going to make sure that people are protected. Um, but, uh, but you know, that was really the gist of it. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of the, cause what else are you going to do? I mean, you know, you can raise cane and try to throw them out yeah. and that reinforces what's, you know, what's, yeah. what their, uh, what they think their beef is. Right. And, uh, and then some other folks had, uh, had made up some signs that, uh, that really like litter this community right now. 
Um, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what color your skin, no matter what you believe, we're glad that you're our neighbor. Um, which that actually seems like a reasonable thing to say. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, we are living together in that community and we need to, to get along with each other. Um, well these, anyways, these guys at the church, they have a problem with this and, um, they have a problem with, with these signs that come up, that ah. come up. And they say, you know, we, we don't want people like that living around us. We don't want Muslims moving in here. Uh, we've got, you know, neighbors down the road from us that are making meth. Like, I don't want people like them as my neighbor. And I sat there and I thought, you know, if you guys are confused about who your neighbor is, I'm not sure there's much that I can do to respond to right. that or, yeah. you know, or much to say at that point. Because so they were okay with the white supremacists? No, they weren't okay with them either. I mean, they were, okay. but they were including them along with the Muslims and meth heads and stuff. And I thought, you know, I mean, the Muslims are actually moving in as doctors to help our community. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the meth heads probably need to go see that doctor. Isn't yeah, that you know? in itself white supremacist? To yeah. It's a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing. Um, I mean, the point there is, is less to get into that story than to say, you know, you're, you're talking about people that are leaders in a church that are so confused about right. their, their actual religious views. Yeah. And the fact that there's a text that very clearly defines what, <laughs> exactly. you know, who your neighbor is. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the few parables that, you know, that gets a little bit of explanation and some, you know, stuff that surrounds it. Um, they don't even know how to respond to neighbors in their, and, in and, their own and backyard. And, and when you, when you've lost that, Thread of the story, there's nowhere, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, there's nothing to do. There's no, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's where we just are as a country at this point. Like we just have lost that. We've just lost the very the simple concept of the golden rule. Mm-hmm. Treat others like the way you want to be treated. Like that's a pretty fucking simple rule. And yeah. we can't even do that. I mean, yeah. it, when you can't do that simple thing, there's nothing, there's no commonality. There's no conversation you can even have. I mean, well, yeah. Until it, you can agree on until you can agree on the very simple concept of who your neighbor is and how you should treat them. Like there's nothing left. I mean, right. So, yeah. It was, yeah. So it was a confusing yeah, thing. Right. But I mean, the point of that is to say, you know, whatever happens politically, the church is a little bit inoculated mm-hmm. from that yeah, because it's it's bought into that that political that political view. Um, so it's one of the things I, you know, I think is happening. And the, the bigger thing, though, that I really want to talk about, and I, I think it has something to do with why that's the case, yeah. um, is that we're dealing, what we're really dealing with in the church is a fundamental crisis of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that touches all Christian communions. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the, that's the problem. What is it that we're going to base our beliefs on? What are we going to ground our, our faith on? Mm-hmm. And, and that's not actually something that a simple, well, you know, we've got the Bible, you know, sort of answer works for, because yeah. um, you know, people tend to have different ways of reading and interpreting that book. Right. Um, so what I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of talk about something I've been thinking about for six or seven months now, um, and I thought I'd talk about it with you guys. Sure. And, Was it and uh, get some, uh, uh, Rails for Stairs? No, so, no, yeah. I've already talked about that. Okay, that took, I've already that talked took about four that. or five years. It didn't yeah. take six, seven months. Okay, that's true. <laughs> well, I know that's because this is thinking work, whereas yeah. like the yeah. stair rails, like you just have that's to actual. You work, have to yeah. actually go out yeah. and do that. Yeah. And who's got the time? <laughs> you know, who's got the time? Um, 
But one of the roots of that crisis uh, is, is actually, and, and we have to go way, way back here uh, into the into the 1400s mm-hmm. um, to, to sort of trace this this thing out. And there, there's two things I really want to sort of get into. Um, but one of the roots of that crisis is technological. Um, it has to do with the invention of the printing press mm-hmm. and and then uh, how the the Reformation period sort of exacerbated the problems that, that came along with that. Printing press is a good thing. I yeah. mean, not anti-printing press here. <laughs> do you have people like that that are going to be like tomorrow on your on your Facebook thing? You'll be like, why do you have that this? That fucker was anti-printing press. That's right. Yeah. Why do you have that guy? I mean, so not only... He probably thinks the world's flat, too. Not only am I not on social media, but I'm not in favor of printing presses. <laughs> That's what I'd like uh, I'd like your listeners That's to That's the takeaway. Take yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Literally the only thing they're going to remember from this podcast. Yeah. I hope you're, so. That you're anti-printing press. I hope so. Yeah. Do you have like... Everything's digital now anyways. Uh, I know. Do you have like music then to run this segment out because I think we're done. Uh, no, now that we've yeah, learned, now that we've learned that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, no, so the printing press, um, 1450s, uh, the printing press is invented. Sure. Right. Gutenberg prints Bibles on it. Not Steve Gutenberg. Not Steve Gutenberg. He made some good movies though. He made some good. Did Police he make Academy. a Bible? Police Academy two or get the fuck out. <laughs> would, would you buy the Steve Gutenberg Bible? <laughs> no, I would not. I don't know. It depends on. Uh, it's got audio from Bobcat Goldthwait. I do like some Bob. I would, yeah. I would listen to that audio Bible. <laughs> here's here's what the Gutenberg Bible did. Yeah. That literally marked that when the second one of those came off the press. That was literally the first time that you could hold two Bibles in your hand right. and have a reasonable expectation that every word would be the same. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think, I mean, and that sounds like a really simple thing to say at yeah. one level, but it's something that um, that has been not comprehended just the radical nature of that right. within the church um, up to that point first of all people don't have access to a Bible I mean right. they, if they they have a Bible it's kept in the church it's a handwritten manuscript yeah. um, it may not agree with the manuscript that the church down the road has right. and uh, and these guys know this um, so you if you're reading um, you know church fathers or you're reading uh, you know people you know writing in the you know sort of in the middle ages yeah um, they know what their what their copy of the Bible is, right? And they know that other versions um, say things uh, a little bit differently, and and so on and so forth. And so, part of what it meant to be a Christian, part of what it meant to read the Bible, was you were reading a, kind of an intertextual Bible. You had to have access to a lot of um, a lot of other uh, information, yeah, right, in order to read and interpret that, and. Um, so the other thing that that's, that's that happens then, um, of course, this is Gutenberg Bibles in Latin, and in the Reformation, there's an interest in um, in kind of going back. You know, how do we bring this into? Um, you know, how do we bring the original languages in? Yeah. So we start being concerned about how we read the Bible then in Hebrew and in Greek. Um, so the Bible of the Church for 1,200 years was a yeah. Latin Bible. Right. Um, so what happens? Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm giving history here. I'm, no, that's do, fine. I'm doing it for a reason. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but what happens is uh, a guy in in Rotterdam, Erasmus, uh, um, publishes a Greek New Testament in 1516. He uses this fancy new printing press, mm-hmm. puts out a second edition in 1519, and these are the editions that serve. Um, they're not great, first of all. They're based on very late um, manuscripts. Manuscript. And, yeah. Um, but they become the basis for... Are they still God-breathed? It's hard to say. Okay. It's hard to say. Um, well, I mean, what has to be God-breathed is, is us, right? It's yeah. the church yeah. that's, that's God-breathed and, and inspired. 
And um, I mean, the Bible can be too. Yeah. But uh, but we need to probably expand that understanding of what of what is God breathed. Um, but but this Greek New Testament then forms the basis for the vernacular translations that come out in the Reformation. Right. Uh, it's what Martin Luther bases his translation on. It's what Tyndale bases his translation on. It's what the King James version is based sure. on. Um, and and here's why I'm talking about all this and why this uh, actually matters. Um, for the first time, a lot of door slamming around. <laughs> Jude's not on board. Jude's not on board. <laughs> in order to emphasize this point. Um, no, but for the first time in, in the history of Christianity, you've established the idea that the Bible should be a fixed text, yeah. uh, that it's not changing. And, and you've also established the idea that there's somehow a true text. There's a real scripture that exists out there, yeah. and it exists in, in Hebrew and Greek. And it's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Exactly. Um, but that idea, that true text, I mean, that's what comes up when you're sitting in Bible study and someone says, oh, I wonder what this says in the original Greek. And you're like, well, probably pretty much the same thing it says in English. You know, <laughs> it's different, yeah. but I mean, it's yeah. it, we're trying to get the point across not to, yeah. you know, you don't have to learn Greek in order to, to do that. And so it suddenly matters that these things are accurate. Um, it suddenly matters that they have a correct Bible. And so then they start, like scholars start searching for new manuscripts and new, um, you know, sort of new versions. Yeah. And they want to compile these together and, and find the real Bible. Yeah. Um, so by the 18th century, they've, they're pretty deep into this, and they find well, there's over 30,000 variants, you know, textual <laughs> variants here. Um, most of them aren't, you know, I mean, significant. I mean, you misspell a word. I mean, yeah. that's th those things count as, as variants. Um, but that's the origin of, of biblical criticism. It's the origin, right. uh, ultimately, of liberal theology. And, and this is where it becomes important for the, the fundamentalist church. Um, it's important to the origin of that fundamentalist backlash against those things. And, and, and what's important about that is, is the fundamentalists were arguing against a reality, yeah. Um, they want a text that's inerrant and infallible. Mm -hmm. And the entire history of that text for 1,500 years couldn't have begun to allow that. Right, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a really new <clears throat> thing. And, and then the other thing that they're trying to do is they've attempted to maintain a belief system um, that's effectively been shattered at that point. Um, it's been shattered theologically. It's been shattered philosophically. It's been shattered... Uh, in terms of, of what we think about the world. Um, and so all of these things, uh, you know, this church is searching for some kind of stability in, in terms of their, their book, mm -hmm. in terms of what they believe, and in terms of, of authority, like how they can continue to speak in this world. Um, and they're being assailed on a lot of different sides by criticism and liberal theology mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, which is an understandable thing. Right. And liberal theology is not exactly great, like right. in that era. I mean, because you, again, everybody, you're always working with incomplete, yeah. um, you know, ideas. Right. You're always working sure. with, with a lack. And so if you don't have, a, you know, 100 years ago, you don't have as much information, say, as we've got now. And it's a lot easier to look at it and say, oh, well, this whole thing's just made up. Um, and that you know, and that's one of the streams of, of mm -hmm. kind of liberal theology. But it's not the only stream of liberal right, theology. Sure. There were a lot of uh, you know so-called liberal uh, you know pastors and professors who were very faithful people. Yeah. And so the question then is, you know, are you going to maintain the old structures 
Um, or are you going to try to find some way to push through this other information? And is there some way to come out on the other side and have a vision for faith that's real and, yeah, right. and remains grounded in something? Um, so, you know, part of what's, part of what, well, I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff to say. I, yeah. You know, and I, I don't want to get too, maybe that was too deep into the No, no, it's, for, it's good. No. For this anyway. Um, we go real deep. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, we go further up, further in. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of what's happening, too, in all of that is is the fundamentals or liberal side of things. Uh, in one sense, it's two sides of the same coin, because you're dealing with two different groups of people who are are searching for some kind of origins, right? Something that you can that you can ground things in that right. you can know this for sure. Yeah, and it was all just a grasp a grasp for certainty. Yeah, essentially, is all it is. Yeah, to know for certain that there is this guy Jesus that this this text came from the mouth of God. I mean, it was all just about certainty for those their presuppositions, their ideas about theology, and that's all it was. And people do well with with certainty. There, I mean, there's something to boundaries. There's something to um, having. It, it it makes life more definite. Certain. Certain. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainty makes my life more certain. Well, I just mean like no, boundaries. Mean. Like yeah. like being able to say this is the truth. This is the only truth. It makes your life a little bit easier because you can say, well, the world was created in seven literal days. Yeah. And and we know because we trust in God. Yeah. And and it it makes it so you can explain everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a removal of all I mean the early church was very mystical. I mean it was the desert fathers, desert mothers. I mean they were mystics. And the church, you know, starting essentially around this time with the printing press and all that, like moved away from that. And it mm-hmm. came about certainty and you have the age of enlightenment and you have the age of reason. And, um, you know, Scottish common sense and all this kind of stuff going on where it became about rational thought and rational uh, criticisms and rational evidence. I mean, all this stuff, it became about um, it became about rationality as opposed to mysticism. I mean, you can have both. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's very rational things about, our, about what we believe, but there's also the elements of it that are like, mm, there's no rational explanation for any of this. Like, and you have to take it as mystery. I mean, Paul talks about mystery all throughout his letters. I mean, um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, and the other thing you see in the in the early church is you see a church that's really messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it's made up of different groups and different communities, and they have different ways of emphasizing, you know, their their source materials. Yeah. Uh, different ways to speak about, yeah. uh, you know, to speak about Jesus. Uh, different ways. You know, it makes sense if you're a Jewish Christian to talk about Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah. But if you're a Gentile, what you know? What exactly does this Jewish concept communicate to you? Right. Um, and so you know, and so you look back at you know some of these letters. You look back at some of the you know some of the materials in the in the New Testament, and you say, oh, they're they're using this concept in a slightly different way, or they're tweaking it mm-hmm. here for this audience, or they're yeah. doing this here, and and you and you kind of see a, a very diverse church, right? Um, which actually is is something that um, you know is good to sort of try to recover today. Yeah. Uh, you know how do you how do you find that kind of diversity and how do you maintain uh, communion mm-hmm. in diversity? Mm-hmm. Um, we may not agree on on how one another interprets the Bible. We may not agree on how they how we worship. We may not agree on this. But you know if we notice that we're each worshiping Christ, you know that we're each centered on on yeah. Christ. Um, then do we have the capacity to recognize um, 
that this person is a is a fellow believer. Yeah, yeah. And I, God, we, I'm really bad at that. Like, I think I'm getting worse. <laughs> like as as the church is sort of sold sold to Donald Trump. Like I, I feel like I've cocooned myself in my own echo chamber, and I'm like I can't. I can't even. I don't know where to even begin to talk to people about stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know where. I don't know where the commonality is because even to say the commonality is Jesus. What Jesus are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. to them, Jesus is the one that wants them to overturn Roe versus Wade and and to take control of the Supreme Court and to elect Donald Trump. And to me, it's like no, that's not what Jesus is to me at all. So like, you know, I remember you and I talking when I got fired from Eastview about in, in you saying that you're not. We, that between myself and the minister, like you guys aren't even speaking the same language. Like, and that's kind yeah. of where we are now as a church. Like we're all speaking these different, saying these same words, but the meanings that it carries with them are completely almost in, almost at the uh, opposite ends of the pendulum. I mean, like mm-hmm. you couldn't be further apart right now from where some people in the church is to where these evangel- 80% of the evangelicals supported Trump are. I mean, like, mm-hmm. so I guess I don't know where you even begin to find a commonality to build community, to build any kind of conversation, to build any kind of anything. I mean, one of the things that happened, and this, I mean, this was part of your uh, unfortunate dismissal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and as part of what's going on in the church now, um, you have groups of people who have effectively weaponized yes. spirituality. Yeah. And, and they figured out how to take that language and to turn it against people and to use it to manipulate and to, uh, and to gain power. And, and so the way, you know, to respond to that is to work to disarm those weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally call it a sword. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. They, I mean, they literally yeah. call the Bible the sword. Yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's true. There is a very literal... Well, and yeah. that was part of, I mean, probably all of our childhood. Oh, right? yeah. Sword drills. Um, Put on the army yeah. of God. Armor of God, yeah. You know, so, I mean, so for me, I mean, the, the question really is how do you... How do you confront that in a, in a non-confrontational way? How do you work to disarm those weapons? How do you work to disarm the principalities and powers of the right. world that um, that you happen to be confronting yeah. under the guise of, of the church? Um, and I think a lot of that just simply begins and ends in prayer. It begins and ends in in how we choose to act and how we choose to respond to that. I'm not going to play that game. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to live in such a way that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna inoculate myself from that as much as possible, yeah. um, and which of course every, I think most a lot of people try to do, and it, yeah. to varying degrees of success. And yeah, sometimes right. sometimes you know things conspire against you, so you don't have the sure. you know the option really yeah. to do that. Yeah, um, you, know, you know it's interesting. There are people we know, and I would say Al Butter has read Brandon Andrus would be one of them who are good at that. Who Bri- Brian Andrus? <laughs> Brian Andrus, yeah. Um, Brian Danger Andrus, our political correspondent. Brandon Andrus would you know he. Um, is very good at at doing that. And, you know, his interior life is such that like he can do that. He can talk to people from both sides of. He can play the middle of the middle road mm-hmm. and and talk to people on both sides of that of the conversation. Um, there there are people. I, there are other people I would I could probably mention if I took two minutes to think about it who can do that. Um, in in my in <laughs> in my best moments I can do that. However, a lot of times, especially right now in this season, I can't. Mm-hmm. I just. Um, my interior life is such at this point that I can't do it. I, I, yeah. There's too much anger. There's too much going on there. Um, but there, I think I think the the prayer thing and and just the interior life. Like I think that's, I think that's the whole key to it. I mean, I think you're right. I think that's the only way forward for to even begin to have conversations with people. 
Well, and I think it's important to talk about, you know, when we talk about prayer, like what mm-hmm. we're, what we mean by right, that, yeah. right? Um, I mean, you know, prayer isn't, uh, you know, exactly asking God to come and smite your enemies. Yes. Um, you know, or, and it's not asking God for much of anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, the prayer is, is, is what we've always practiced at the farmhouse. Um, you sit down with the scripture, you practice Lectio Divinus, the yeah. sacred reading of scripture. Um, and, and by using, um, the word of God as the, as the ground and basis of our prayers, it, we're enabled to, to view the world as God views the world yeah. or more, more closely yeah. as God uh, views the world. Well, that's a good transition to talk about mm-hmm. the yeah. farmhouse. Let's talk about the farmhouse. Let's talk yeah. about the farmhouse. Let's talk about how it started because I, I can remember conversations with you way, way the hell back yeah. about, about this idea you had. I mean, it really, really goes back uh, probably 99, 2000, um, yeah. you know, when I was mm-hmm. in Chicago. And Did you guys have a huge uh, Y2K party? You know what? I wanted to... Um, <laughs> did you go to the Green Mill? You just went to the Green Mill. Was it off the hazy? <laughs> yeah, probably did. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I talked about I was. You know, I thought about trying to go down to Florida for the Is fish show. Peter fucking Frampton? <laughs> <laughs> Always hated that song. Yeah. Yeah. Now I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, we did. We had a, yeah. we had our Y two K party in Chicago. A little high fidelity for you guys, exactly. But yeah, so Which I anyways. thought this is going to be an all Lebowski all the time. We haven't done um, any, hardly any Lebowski. We'll get to it. We'll get around. Yeah. Dude, they're both wearing Lebowski shirts, by the way. Where? Right. Yeah. Um, what the heck were we talking about? Farmhouse. Oh, where it came from? Yeah, sort of. Um, we're we're with beginnings of that. You know, one of the things. Um, one of the things that happened in, in the tradition that we grew up in, um, prayer essentially meant um, listing off stuff for God that you, that you wanted. wanted. Yeah. Um, and, and it could be altruistic. I mean, you know, probably a lot of it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were praying for your friends and your, sure. you know, your people that were sick, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's really what the, what the basis of it was. And um, so when I was doing my uh, master's work um, in Chicago, I was reading a lot of, um, of people from outside the tradition. Yeah. Because uh, I wanted to learn how to pray, and I knew that we didn't know how to do that. Yes. I'd been around, I'd been to enough other churches, I'd seen enough other people, that I thought, these, these guys have something that we don't have. And um, so, so I was reading, um, you know, John of the Cross and Julian mm-hmm. of Norwich and... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Richard Foster stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a good gateway into yeah. that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, these his are... Book, his book on prayer is... Yeah. Yeah. These are 30 different ways to pray. Yeah. And so, well, and so suddenly, like, you're look, you're reading that, and you're able to, like that Richard Foster thing especially. I mean, I remember sitting in my apartment in Chicago and reading that and saying, oh, I've done that. That has a name. Yeah. Um, other Christians do that. That's a yeah. That's sort of a technique, or that's a way of praying. Um, but it's not the only way of praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and it was really finding that, um, you know, those other voices, uh, that provided language for stuff yeah. that, um, that we've all done right. yeah. in some capacity, but we didn't know enough to know that that was prayer because we, we have this really narrow mm-hmm. vision, you know, this really narrow version. On your says, knees, head bowed, yeah. eyes closed, hands folded. Yeah. Asking God for things, yeah. and and the reality is, most of us don't live in a in a situation where we get to do that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have to pray. I mean, like the, last night when I'm sitting out on the front porch and watching my kid run around on the you know on the thing, um, which is actually more peaceful than yes. when she's out running around. Than, and I like her. Um, <laughs> That's good. You know, but um, <laughs> and I can pray when she's sitting on my lap too, and, right. and doing that. But. Um, 
the, you know, the other thing that was really a critical part in that, um, I spent, um, I spent a summer at home doing summer school, mm-hmm. uh, cause I wanted to get the heck out of Johnson. Yeah. And, um, don't call it that. <laughs> What we, is there a pastor's name for that place? <laughs> no. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just thought it was a that, good... <laughs> that which shall not be named. Yeah. Um, but I was doing summer school, and so I was getting up early, and I was going to school, and I was getting home late. Yeah. And I was getting up and leaving before anybody else was up, and I was coming home after everybody was in bed. And so I would sit out on the porch to just kind of unwind a little bit, and that's all I did for a summer. Yeah. Um, was sit there and and um, and kind of and meditate and, mm-hmm. and reflect. And and it was in that experience of of, of really contemplative prayer um, that the farmhouse kind of has its its uh-huh. origins. Um, because I thought, man, this is really great. I want other people to be able to come out and do this same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got uh, the farmhouse. We've got 160 acres. It's on. I said it's on our family farm, um, and it's quiet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's rural. Um, there's there's cows and frogs and yeah. you know and bugs. All I manner, mean, all manner of wildlife. Yeah. Well, and when you say family farm, your parents live literally up the driveway. Your sister and brother live literally up the road. Yeah. Like you can see all three houses. It's a triangle of houses. Yeah. 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 And we live in community. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I mean the kids are down and yeah. you know, they work with us. They help build the stairs, you yeah. know? Right. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good setup. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, where it really came from, um, you know, out, out of those two experiences of expanding what it meant to pray and then, and then actually practicing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I practiced it before I found out what it was. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then the next stage was just to invite people, um, invite people down. Yeah. Do you, and, do you, yeah. uh, align that with any kind of like, cause, cause in my mind, so I, I went to the farmhouse as a student and as a sponsor, um, like a couple times, a few times. Um, and maybe it was just what I was going through at the time in terms of, I was reading a lot of Shane Claiborne. Um, do you align any of your practices with like new monasticism or anything like that? Cause in my mind it was always like, this is a very monastic kind of experience of the, of, of the focusing on the word, the meditation, stuff like that. No. Well, I, w- I'd al- I align it with, um, with Benedictine monasticism. Okay. Uh, the rule of St. Benedict is a really important work. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just the the ideas that that come out in that of stability, of listening, of you know, of being a grounded uh, a grounded person. Um, you know, I mean, I think the first line in that is something. You know, is listen with the ear of your heart. I mean, there's yeah. there's this idea of attentiveness to to what God is doing. You know, in and around you, and um, yeah, you know, the new monasticism stuff. I never really got into. Um, yeah. it, one of the things I. It seemed like there was. I liked a lot of what they were doing. There was an ought to it that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, like uh, uh, something that you know, if you're going to be a good Christian, you have to be part yeah. of new monasticism. Yeah, and I think a lot of those kind of movements have that same. If you're going to be a good Christian, you have to be an emergent Christian, or you have to be a, yeah. you know, whatever those things were. Yeah. Um, they effectively define other people out of there. They would probably disagree with that um, assessment, but. I, that's one of the things um, in the Ten Marks, um, whatever that book was that came out about ten years ago, ten or twelve years ago. Um, it's all good stuff, but there's still a chapter in there that that gets into. The, and it's been a long, it's been ten or twelve years since I read it. Yeah. Um, but there's still a chapter in there. Um, you know, it talks about that. I mean, this is what the church is now called to do: is to live in this monastic, you know, vision. And it's, well, yeah. not really. I mean, monasticism was always a response to what was happening in. And I think this is why. 
that um, spoke to people at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but monasticism is always a response to to something in the church not going right. Um, I mean, the initial monastic impulse was uh, Saint Anthony and the you know the Desert Fathers and Mothers, yeah. and and what they did was they they're raised in the church, they're raised to be people of prayer, they're raised to you know to care about these you know these Christian values. And then they get older, and they look around, and they say, well, the church isn't actually practicing what it preaches. Yeah. And they look at the world, and they say, we don't want to be part of that either, so I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to live in my cell in the desert, and I'm going to practice prayer, and I'm going to meditate, and I'm going to weave baskets and sell it to get a crust of bread. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. that's, that's literally what they did. Yeah. Um, so, so monasticism, you know, it really is there to exist on the margins of the church, and to be a corrective, you know, to what's, uh, you know, it can serve as a corrective to what's happening in the church, yeah. um, or to what's happening within monasticism, because after, yeah. I mean, yeah. after a while, the Benedictines become very, you know, loose, and so the Cistercians come in and they say, "You're not doing it right," and, <laughs> you know. I mean, and then it just it just repeats itself. Um, you always have that uh, that reforming yeah. impulse, <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I always just I I, I assumed, I don't, and maybe it was just because I was reading those books at the time. I was reading the Saint Benedict book as well, um, and um, I, I just like for me that experience. What I had there was that focusing on the word, being set apart, being different from the the standard church to go and just be, be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we had done. I mean, the farmhouse was in existence before, you know, for four or five years, really, before that new monastic stuff, you yeah. know, really yeah. Oh, yeah. came out yeah, was, yeah. was was a big thing. Yep. And and we dropped that language for a yeah. while um, bec- because it was it was confusing. Um, yeah. You know, were we part of them? Did we want to be part of them? And, you know, you know I mean, good for them. I mean, we're yeah. obviously it's great stuff. Yeah. But um, that wasn't I, exactly what we were doing. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the practice is similar in terms of the liturgy, the the uh, Lectio Divina. Div- div- how do you say that? Lectio Divina. Divina. I did say it right. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Good job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm just busting out our Latin here all yes. of a sudden. <laughs> um, so that was, uh, I don't know, just a yeah. one-off yeah. question. I, was, I missed that question. I was in the bathroom. I apologize. Uh, that's right. I was just asking if <laughs> your dedication to the they uh, identified the show with really new monasticism. You got to go. You got to go. Yeah. Well, okay. So anyway, where were we before that question? I mean, kind of where the farmhouse came. Yeah, came in, right. Its origin and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I mean, so the other thing that that I think was really a part of that um, was a sense that we need to do something to start over to reboot in yes. some sense. Right. Um, but we also have to maintain some fidelity to the tradition, mm-hmm. and and you know not necessarily to embrace it in all of its you know in all of its uh, forms or facets, but just to know how we got here. Yeah. Um. You know, to know the the movements and the thoughts and the, you know the I mean the arguments that we're having today aren't any different really than a lot of the things that were going on in the first centuries of the church. Yeah. Um, they present themselves differently, you know, but some of the root issues are actually the same, the same kinds of things. And so it, it's a valuable thing to look back and say, look, you can't, you can't come up with any action out of it, but, but just to look back and say, how did they deal with this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or how did, um, you know, how did, how did this group of people deal with it? Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, well, a bunch of them went out to the desert and they prayed. And you say, so you say, well, I don't know, is that like a valid, <laughs> you know, is that a valid option for us today? What, what does that look like for, for us? Um, you know, or, or some, 
some version of that. Um, and so, and so what we did was, you know, our, I mean, with the farmhouse, our sense was what we need to do is to turn towards the contemplative and to turn towards the mystical, right. uh, yeah. to turn away from this idea, uh, this myth of certainty, uh, to turn away from this, this really fruitless search for, for origins and some kind of deeply yeah. grounded truth, you know, yeah. I mean, they spent 60 years in the, in the 19th century, you know, we're, you know, we're on this a quest for the historical Jesus yeah. and, and they got to the end of it and, um, you know, Albert Schweitzer just decimates it. Um, <laughs> and he says, you're always going to be searching for this historical Jesus. And, and, and it's this really beautiful passage that, that, that comes out at the end, you know, um, he comes to us as one unknown, uh, you know, just as he did, uh, those disciples long ago by the shore of the sea. And, and he offers, you know, bread and fish and invites us to, uh, yeah. you know, to sit and share with him. And I've butchered that, that quotation a little <laughs> yeah. bit, Sorry. but I mean, that's, that's really the gist of it. And, and at the heart of it, you know, it's the idea that, that that's how Christ presents himself. Yeah. He comes to us as one unknown. Um, I mean, we've been studying the Gospels uh, in our in our Bible study, and um, and we just got we just got through the ends of uh, of Mark and and John, and um, and one of the things that's interesting I mean, in the, in the post resurrection appearances is is they never know who this guy is. Um, <laughs> yeah. They never know who it is, and you know. So what happens at the end of of John's Gospel? They're out fishing. They catch more fish. And, and, and the beloved disciple, whoever that is, says, oh, it's the Lord. And Peter jumps in for some reason. And, um, <laughs> as one does. As one does. And then they all gather around him. But none of them dared to ask who it was because they knew it was the Lord. Yeah. And so, but there's, so there seems to be some uncertainty there. You yeah. know? And, yeah. um, and so, you know, one of the things that we were talking about in that study is how... Um, how certain we have to be, you know, or we think we have to be about about certain aspects of our faith or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas when you when you look at the at the gospel record, the people that spent time with Jesus um, are uncertain in the end. Yeah. Mm. After after the resurrection, they're they're a little unsure about what's going on, um, and we've taken that and we've ignored it and we've built something, uh, you know, some kind of certainty that isn't really um, real. Yeah. So, so let's talk about um, let's just talk about the farmhouse. Let's just close with this. Let's talk about the farmhouse is now. Like what? Uh, the, I mean, the farmhouse kind of has two being on the board as I am, mm-hmm. um, and a useful member at that. Um, um, you know what? There, this, the, the farmhouse basically serves two facets. One is the retreat portion. The other is the community development portion. Talk about both of those, and then we'll just kind of close with that. Um, let me deal with, I mean, the community development yeah. stuff is maybe a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah. Um, we're in a, a pretty impoverished community. Yeah. Um, one of the poorest communities in the state. One of the poorest yeah. communities in, in the state. Um, a little bit better than it was when I was in high school though. Yeah. So, so good for us. Um, <laughs> right. but, uh, but so it's, it's a place where there, there's a couple things that are going on there. First of all, um, there, there's actually limited assistance for families that need assistance. Yeah. Uh, limited assistance from from government options, limited assistance from uh, from church options. Yeah, uh, a lot of the church options come with strings attached and yep. things like that. Yep. Um, and so what we've done is is first of all we've tried to come alongside of organizations that already exist and to work to strengthen them. Mm-hmm. And and so we work with organizations um, from from different backgrounds. Uh, several of them are Christian. Uh, we don't care what their you know Christian 
yeah. what it is right. that they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, because we're more concerned about uh, about ecumenical work within the broader church. And you know, one of the things I'm mean, really proud of, we did a um, we had a grant a few years ago mm-hmm. uh, that we did that brought together uh, churches from both ends uh, of the theological spectrum, from yeah. extremely liberal to extremely conservative. Uh, it brought government agencies in. It brought um, like a grocery store. I mean, there was just all kinds of different people yep. at the table. Um, and so part of our vision for community development is to bring as many people uh, together as we can um, and to sit them down so that you're working together to achieve um, to achieve one goal. Yeah, right. Um, because that's how you build community. That's how you build people up. And that's how you avoid demonizing other yeah. people. Um, so we've done a lot of work in just in that area. Yeah. Uh, and we've particularly invested a lot of energy into uh, there's a there's a uh, cooperative grocery store uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's developed down there, Lost River Market in Delhi, yep. that we've been really involved with. And now it's a weird thing for a ministry to be involved in running a grocery store. <laughs> right. um, but what that <laughs> what that grocery store is doing, its vision is is a vision of of transforming its community. Yeah. Um, and it's doing that by creating uh, economic sustainability. Uh, by creating jobs in a in an impoverished area, by um, creating jobs for vendors, yeah. uh, we strive to buy local. Yeah. Uh, so we've spent um, almost uh, I think out of almost twenty five percent of our of our budget, um, well not our budget but of our expenditures. We were having our ten year anniversary. Yeah. Um, so you're talking over a million dollars has been spent with um, just with local local vendors. Yeah. Uh, money, money that stays in the community. Money that stays yeah. in the community. And then, you know, another, I think, $1.5 million, uh, you know, that's gone to payroll. And, you know, um, yeah. I mean, there, that's where, when we spend money, that's where it goes. We're going to spend it in the community. We're going to build leadership within the community. And right, right now we're running the store uh, almost entirely with local people. Right. Um, we don't have people that have come in from outside. We're, we're building leadership capacity and and yeah. strengthening people that are there. Sure. That's an awesome thing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's a vision that um, the churches don't have. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a vision, and, it, and it's, a broad-based, uh, it's a broad-based group of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a community center, and within that community center, there, there are people, you know, again, from, I mean, really, really conservative homeschooling people and Amish folks and, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, to you know, kind of the, these you know hippie yeah. you know spirituality right. you know, and then other just agnostic atheist whatever. Yeah. Um, but everybody joins together because we like food, <laughs> and um, and and we like what's yeah, you know right. what's happening there. Right. Um, and that's actually a really powerful ministry. It's mm-hmm. the kind of thing um, you know I, I think for for the future of, of the church. Yes. Um, that's how it should operate. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this thing in house. We're gonna do something that benefits everybody in this way. Everybody in this community is gonna benefit from this. Yeah. Um. I mean, they've got partnerships now with the hospital and with the schools. Nice. They're selling uh, the ag program is selling their food uh, through this uh, through this place. Right. Um. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah. Um. And that food bit is actually a good transition into into what. Is happening at the farmhouse right, right the now. The actual retreats and things um, like that. The actual retreats, yeah. and maybe I, I, I'm doing something that's maybe never been done on the podcast before. <laughs> I've I've brought my Bible with me. <laughs> it, it happens occasionally. Yeah, it happens it does occasionally. Very, it does I'm, happen occasionally. I'm, I'm shocked. We have the word. Um, 
The no, word I, is in the house. I brought, I brought my Bible with me because there's a there's a passage in here um, that that Kara and I talked about a lot. A Your lot. wife, Kara. Yes, yeah. My wife, Kara. Yeah. Um, uh, a number of years ago, and it, is and it it's, Proverbs uh, thirty one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, any any passage that gives me permission to lord over my spouse. Um, let me know. Let me know how. Not, let me know how that goes. We that is She'd not. She'd kick your ass. Um, well. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> All right. Um, here's no. Here's our here's our passage because this is this has kind of become I, I think the theme yeah. passage is what mm-hmm. we do. Um, it's Isaiah twenty five. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples and the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation, for the hand of the Lord will rest on this mountain. Yep. It's a good passage. Yeah, it is. And and the reason that that's important is it really captures a lot of things um, yeah. that are that are pretty central to what to what happens there mm-hmm. on retreat and and things like that. Um, first of all, it begins with food. Yeah, uh, it does. Food in the Bible is always a sign of the presence of God with His mm-hmm. people. Uh, when when Moses and the elders go up on the mountain, God greets them and they eat and drink together. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a proto Eucharist. Yeah. I mean, there's bread and there's wine and they share yeah. in this uh, in this communion. And and that's what I mean. That carries over into the church. It is the Eucharist. Yeah. Um, it is what happens when when. Food's a really important thing at the farm. Yes, it is. Yeah, very um, much so. You know, the I mean, one of the central actions is when we gather around the table, yeah. uh, so that we can can actually share with one another in in this community that mm-hmm. we've created for, you know, a couple of days. Uh, this this weird little Christian community that's formed and is going to dissipate and then and maybe come back together in a in a different way. Um, and the other thing that that's happening in that passage that's important is is there's this idea of healing. Yeah. Uh, this idea of binding up the broken yeah. pieces, right? And you know, I mean, the, the first half, everything we talked about tonight, I mean, it was really about that—the opposite of healing. I mean, yeah. the fracturing right. of the self and yeah. the and the loss of wholeness. And so, you know, one of the things that that we've been able to do for for seventeen years now is, you know, to have people who who come out and we sit on the porch mm-hmm. and we talk about. Um, you know what's happening. Yeah, we talk about that with the goal of bringing healing. Yeah, um, not with the idea that we're just going to sit here and commiserate and be miserable. Right. Um, but if we're going to talk about these things, we want them to be productive. We want to yeah. understand that. We want to, and we want that to help us grow in our faith, so that we can better understand who God is, and by extension, who who we are. Right. And then, and then the other thing that's happening there is, it's there's this idea of waiting. Yeah. Um, because that healing doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. Um, there's this idea of waiting, and and you know again, you know in the Bible, the the those languages. Um, when it talks about waiting, it's a synonym for the word hope. Yeah. Um, I mean that's what you do when you're waiting. You're hoping that something is yeah. gonna is gonna come right. Right. Um, you know, so I mean, those are, that's really where we're at. Um, you know, we're using these practices of of prayer and meditation and contemplation. Uh, as a as a vehicle um, to talk about our faith and yeah. to um, 
and and to and to allow us some to be comfortable uh, with some of the ang- ambiguity and and exploration that uh, that goes along with that. Right. Um, and it's really it's an exciting place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, what's interesting about the farmhouse and what you need to know if you decide to go down there for a weekend or whatever is you will never be in a hurry. Yeah, you were you were forced to slow down. Yeah, and I think that that more than anything is what to me is important about the farmhouse. I mean, all the other stuff, the prayer. I mean, th- those are all those are all key. But to me, it's all about slowing down mm-hmm. and, yeah. and being forced to wait and um, let go of just the the chaos of life. Like you're, you know, I've I've told yeah. you many times, like cresting the hill and seeing the farmhouse. Like I'm automatically like everything is fine. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what shit's going on. I'm fine. Everything's gonna be yeah. fine. It's just automatic for me. And part of it's it's my best friend's house. That's part of it, obviously. But it's way more than that because I've been down yeah, there too many times sure. on retreats. You've been down the yeah. retreats. You know, I, I, I can mean, speak to that a little bit. So, um, going like it before I went, I was warned. You know, it's it's there. We don't do anything. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I mean, it, we, it, we it's, do, it's, but yeah, not yeah. like not like, like it, you it's think. so awesome. But we don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna love it. But we don't do anything, <laughs> and, and that's that's not the case at all. Like it, it's a literal retreat. It's a retreat from your life. A lot of time you go to a retreat and it's like you've got this agenda where it's like bam, 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 bam. You, it's all planned out. And, and in the farmhouse, it is planned out. You have a schedule. You have an agenda, but it's it's, it's loose. <laughs> it's very loose, and 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 you spend a lot of time in silence and reflection and slowing down. The cell reception it was terrible. I don't know if it's gotten any it better. Still is. It's gotten worse. <laughs> it's gotten worse. <laughs> you'll, you'll love it. Yeah. So it, it, but it, but it was incredible. And it's just that time where like you literally have to slow down. Yeah. And that's something that that we don't do. We need it desperately. And for me, I got to the point where I was looking forward to that time of just slowing down and and the the liturgy, the um, the uh, the readings, everything was it always hit me. Um, yeah. and, and it literally, it's like you reach a time warp and time just moves a little slower and it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, but there's no, there's no Velcro wall. There's no, um, there's year. no trust falls yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the railings up and get the Velcro. Wall up <laughs> so you don't need a trust fall. Now the rails are, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the trust falls. With, no, the rails are, trust are fall, the trust falls. Just navigating a house has been under construction for, <laughs> 15 years but i I would i would say for me um those moments were formative for me for sure going to the farmhouse like um it was it taught me to slow down um the importance of that and kind of reflect on not even just um the bible but like myself where i was going what i was doing yep and uh it forces you to do that, yeah, because mm-hmm. you can't get on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 one of the bigger things, no, not just the silence and being alone, but the the community. Like you're just, oh together, yeah, you're just together with people you like and people mm-hmm. you barely met, but you feel like you've known them forever. And it's and life it's, together in a very yeah. real sense. Like you, yeah. we do the dishes. Like yeah. you mm-hmm. do dinner, and then you clean the dishes. Yeah, it's all it's all together. Yeah, I always like one of my favorite things is. Um, we have bonfires uh, when we yes. can. The bonfires, the bonfires are, are awesome. good. Um, but it's always the coolest thing to see because everybody's there, and then people kind of peel off mm-hmm. a little bit because um, they want to go to sleep or maybe they want to go play cards or they want to, you know. Yeah. Do people play cards in your podcast? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's cool. I don't want to offend anybody. No, it's cool. With the, we cool. I talked with card playing. We, we dance too. Yeah. And yeah. the theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> the uh, but you know the, they'll sort of they'll sort of wander off and then and eventually like I'll go to bed. But there's still three people sitting up yeah. there until you know God knows when. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Under the stars yeah. and and just sitting and talking. Yep. And and that's the that's, that's the, the farmhouse. Thing. That's the farmhouse. Yeah. 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 In um, a nutshell. You know, it, it and it and it comes out. It's a it's a natural extension. It's what happens mm-hmm. when when the church prays together. Yeah. yeah. Um. That shouldn't be a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Like we make it out. You know, it's it's oh we're gonna go pray now, and and really, I mean, those those conversations are an extension of that prayer. It's yep. a, it's an ongoing conversation between uh-huh. believers um, who are striving to to yep. live in yeah. this world. Yep. It's like it reminds me of those conversations you have with like one of your your best set of friends late at night when you're all over for a sleepover and just hanging out and it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're talking about like the meaning of life type shit, but you're under the stars and it's there's no fucking city lights to to ruin yeah. it. No, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. I guess good place to stop, right? We'll yeah. put we'll put the um, yeah. we'll put yeah. the links so, in the show notes. So so I do want to I'll, I'll tell you what the links are. So yeah. um, farmhousemission.org. If you go to that website, um, the very first picture, if you scroll down, is a my my modeling picture. I um, took that picture. Yeah. Matt took a picture. Yeah. It's at the back of my head. So <laughs> that is, that's a, the that's the quintessential farmhouse. It's the, it really is. Like it it is. literally is. Yeah. If you <laughs> gaze at that picture long enough, you will get the uh, like. I mean, three tenths of the experience of actually being at the farmhouse. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally me sitting in a chair, yep. looking into the the beauty known as creation, <laughs> or you know, a cornfield, whatever. Cornfield. There's yeah. trees. There's, stuff. You know, there's beauty in the cornfield. There is. Yeah. There's, there's power in the cornfield, in the cornfield yeah. and the blood. <laughs> Um, but yeah, farm, farmhousemission.org, dot org. Um, you know they have information about the retreats, the development uh, workshops uh, about them. You can see what Pickens looks like if you'd like to. Yeah, they offer other services other than just yeah. retreats. So, yeah. yeah, we do We're, consulting. We've done that for a highly successful <laughs> church plant. <laughs> He did consult our, our church plan. It <laughs> we went closed well. down like three weeks, like three months later. Yeah, um, but you know what? That was a good freaking retreat. It man. was. It like, was really fucking. It great. really was. I mean, for the four, for Brad and Michael and Jen and I, like it was great because we really needed that time together. Yeah, and it, inevitably it didn't work out, and that's fine. It it's just what it is. And now we have this podcast. It's actually helping people and. So it, it, it worked out fine, but it was it was a good retreat. Yeah, it, really it was, was awesome. I don't want to sell it because we <laughs> fucking died three months later, but like, <laughs> but it was it was really good. It, I mean, everything that you presented was was good and was timely and was well thought out. And I mean, so yeah, if this sounds like something that you're you would love to support too, like you can go to the bottom of that page, that front page on farmhousemission.org, hit the donate button, give them some bones. Um, even if it's not something you can necessarily participate in. It's always a good cause to to support a uh, and you can, a mission you can like work that. any kind of retreats. I mean, you've done. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've done offsite stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's nice when people come out. Like that's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's really ideal. That's that's where <laughs> um, you get the farmhouse experience. Yeah. 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 but we have done some other stuff sure. in other places. Yeah, yeah. And they also have Facebook dot uh, com slash the farmhouse mission mm-hmm. as well. Poorly poorly updated Facebook. Poorly updated. <laughs> last updated two thousand sixteen. Yep. <laughs> Um, but not, the web, by, not by me. But the website was nice. <laughs> the website is newly, it's the newly done. Yeah, I like I need the to Farm correct, Plus House. Thank you. I need to. I need to correct some spelling errors and stuff like that. Mm. I've got notes, but who's got time to go back and fix <laughs> exactly. their website? Is yeah. the, the the font that you use that in? Did you? Is that handwritten? 
No, it's just a fancy font that um, that everybody I showed hated because they decided they couldn't read it. And, <laughs> and I liked it so I much that I said, you know what? That's actually a better thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not just, you know, because it used to be it was the farmhouse. And now, yeah. I mean, the, it's our logo, so you, you can't yeah. really see that on the internet. But, um, but so now it's the farm and the house. And, yeah. and what happens at a farm is you grow, and what happens in a house is you belong there. And yeah. that's, um, that's really, yeah. that's what we're trying to communicate. Yes. Which I think it's good. I like it. Thanks. All right. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, all that stuff's on the website. The website? Uh, yeah. Should be. About Con- us. Contact at the very bottom. Contact us. Email us. Yep. Also has his address if you'd like to go check him out. Just pop good, up. Good luck finding him. It has the office address. So okay. you, won't, you won't find me from that. Yeah. Okay. The office. <laughs> you'd like to go see the office. Yeah. Just turn to left. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's like a left, a right, another left, and another right. And yeah. you're right there. Yeah. All roads yeah. lead to the farmhouse. Yes. Yeah. All roads lead to the farmhouse. All right. Cool. Let's uh, get some feedback. Yeah. Now that we puked in your seat, <laughs> you is can this? tell us what you think. It's our feedback song. Yeah, huh? The yeah. five stars get red, but one star is dead to us. <laughs> Wait for it. Feedback. That's just perfect. You know what I'd like is if that sound just went on longer and longer and was a bit more shrill and annoying. And if you could get right on that, we'll, we'll yeah. gladly start playing that. Um, we have a five star. Oh, five stars. Yeah, we yeah. do have one. What we is have it? one. Uh, this is by Tim Braze. It's called Great Podcast. Tim Braze. Um, uh, did we do the Recovering Hoosier last week? I think we did, I didn't we? I don't know. What was it titled? Entitled? Uh, recovering Hoosier, do you even lift Jesus? Yeah, we did that one. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is by Tim Bray's called Great Podcast. I don't always share their humor, but once these guys settle, <laughs> imagine that. Uh, but once these guys settle into the meat of the show, it's great, awesome insight. Helps me know I'm not alone in my journey of deconstruction. So, thank you. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. You were the meat of this episode. How's that make you feel to know that you were the meat <laughs> used? Pickens. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not not anymore. Sort of, than, sort not of, more than usual when we yeah, get sort together. Sort of a creepy, weird kind of thing. <laughs> like when you put it like that. Yeah, I Brad don't. is the meat. Uh, <laughs> uh, corrections and uh, clarifications. So uh, Becky Seville definitely uh, corrected quite a bit of our show last week. Uh, so here we go. Co-op may sound cooler, yeah, but uh, yeah. it, the right coop was right. Yeah. Uh, as in, where a chicken sleeps. Beer. Hashtag okay is not cool. Um. Then she said the airplane video is great, gray. <laughs> You're all right. Yeah, I had a belch <laughs> trying to work its way out. Some of that Mexican stuff. It's kind of man, kind of backing up on you. A little I bit. ate Mexican yeah. twice really today. I've had well, all it's kinds not of alcohol beverages. It's the it's the it's, it's the, the spices stuff. Yeah. I can't it's the beer the booster. Beer. I'm really afraid to dump those down my drain. You know I'm what? Going to eat a hole in my garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. Are you? <laughs> not bad. That's even better. Warm. <laughs> 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 That's really nice. Yeah. Uh, she said the airplane video is cray cray. The article got the state wrong. Um, Muck. Oh yeah, it's oh, in uh, Washington, not is Oregon. in north north of Seattle. It was a plane crashing video, and yeah. both people lived. That sounds so. like fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit some wires and explode in a ball of fire, and both people live somehow. And also, Oral Roberts University is in Tulsa, not Oklahoma City. Um, they're different. Hashtag the city. Hashtag Tulsa doesn't count. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, but in that stage of the part of the country, does it really make a difference? <laughs> no. No, no, I, I, I have, just offended all your listeners. No well, you offended Oklahoma. Just right. the Oklahomans. Yeah. Uh, Everybody I, else knows. <laughs> I will say this having been to Tulsa and Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City is better. Yeah. You have a sister who lives there. Correct? I have a sister who lives yeah. in Oklahoma City. Uh, the 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 roadmaps for Oklahoma City are freaking perfect. It's like whoever designed that city was a freaking genius. It's all just squares and then a line through it and then another line through it. It's beautiful. Thanks. That's Thanks. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, also, Lucas Allen at Luke Allen Yo said, "It sure is convenient how Giff Reed didn't mention he buys way more candles than I do." <laughs> we take a shot at Lucas Allen for having candles at church. Hmm. It was a joke. I like the candles. Yeah. I would say if I if it were candles or no candles, I'd go candles. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about candles? They're great. Agreed. <laughs> and then uh, Tim Brazel, which I think, uh, that, yeah, yeah, he said, spoilers, I immediately stopped listening. Even <laughs> if it's a joke, I can't take the chance. What spoilers? I said at the very beginning of the last episode, um, spoilers of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. We'd, uh, I haven't even seen it. Generally, whatever we mentioned in that very intro, we never talk about in yeah. the actual show. It's kind of a playoff of yeah. uh, the end of Arrested Development. Yeah. They never actually show that. Yeah. It's also true. Yeah. Uh, Callie Search 79, who brought us these lovely beers. Thanks, Callie. Um, she said plane insurance just after 9-11 was roughly $6,000 for a ah. six-seat Cessna. There you go. So now you know. The more you know. It's all last week's episode. Brad's you, like, sounds like a fun fact. You're not you on guys board. Were getting you're not on board. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Brad, Brad, just Pickens is like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> uh, top 10 tweets. Uh, Sean Ware at Sean X um, said, hashtag, how many Creflos does it take to turn this hashtag <laughs> sandwich made of cancer into a hashtag pile of mat? <laughs> I can't believe anybody caught that. It was such an offhanded comment. Yeah, I can't so believe anybody caught that. Um, Alexis. I can't believe uh, anybody's still listening right now. I, People still listen to you'd this. You'd be surprised. You'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number nine, uh, Liv. LV Joy Faith Alexis Alexis uh, said two weeks and two days, twenty seven episodes That's of that Passwords podcast. That's way too plus much. Plus the latest three, so thirty episodes in two weeks and two days. Yeah, we have people like binge listen to this, and I can't figure out why. Hmm. Would you do that? No, yeah. well, obviously not. <laughs> obviously had the opportunity. I mean, with the, with the two that I've got under my belt, <laughs> like the portions of two, <laughs> and then right, does this one count as one that I've listened to? Yeah. I mean, if it yeah, does, then I've think. listened. listened I've to really, three. three. Yeah. I've really gotten yeah. into it yeah. lately. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally in the podcast right now. Uh, yeah. Um, she also said, hashtag influencing me to swear, hashtag shocked, <laughs> shock my kids by swearing, hashtag oops. So yeah, she, don't listen to this podcast with your kids in the car. Yeah, she said that uh, <laughs> she actually wrote a blog post about our podcast. Yeah, she did. It was very nice. Yeah. The, the cursing initially threw her off the scent, and then <laughs> eventually she came back around and listened to 30 episodes. So yeah. there's that. You know what you should do? You should just read. Um, like devote a podcast to cursing in the Bible, like we're just going to read like the Book of Ezekiel. That's and a great idea. Yeah, would, uh, it's got the uh, donkey dong passage and you yeah. know, horse genitals and yeah. yeah. We brought that's that good. up before. I'm pretty sure. That's really sure you good. find that shocking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the greatest hits of the Bible. 
Um, only, only in terms of obscenity, though. Yes. <laughs> uh, coming in at number eight, Dan Burgess at DP Berg said, I don't normally podcast, but when I do, I am glorious podcast. Thank you. There you go. We have fans. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. Hooray, I'm useful. <laughs> Coming I'm in at number seven, time. H. Elaine, hashtag how sweet of you. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, you would. Quote, I just told him to rethink his life and stop trying to hurt people. Unquote. <laughs> I said that about oh, yeah. the... Michael, the, I got a telemarketer that uh, wasn't exactly friendly. Well, I always talk <laughs> to him. It was a scam. I, did, I had a guy too, yeah, the other day. He complained at the end before he hung up that I was just wasting his time. <laughs> 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 I, was like, I was like, how can I be wasting your time? You're at work. I'm the one that's, yeah. uh, you know. He cursed me out. I don't remember exactly the, <laughs> the, the string of curse words, but I held him on for a while. It told was, him he needed to rethink his life. He's, you idiot. You idiot. Motherfucking bastard. Bastard gringo. gringo. Yeah. Yeah, it's bastard. <laughs> idiot motherfucking no. bastard gringo. Yeah. No, I think it was the, the guy that called me. He said he was from the Department of like Health and Human Services, and I was like, "Health and Human Services? Well, I've got a rash." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Well, can yeah. you confirm your address?" And I was an like, a, "I don't man. know. Can you get me some ointment?" <laughs> and an A man, I yeah, got a rash. It didn't. No, didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't go well. I, and I still don't have my ointment. <laughs> and you still have your rash. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> You're busy typing, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, what number were we at? Five, I think. Nope, number six. Oh, oh uh, my gosh. John Mark uh, Ormacia, Ormachia. I'm just, I'm just going to wing with it. Wing it. At Epic Tillich wrote, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty grounded, mature person until I tune into At Pastor's podcast. <laughs> then I become a five-year-old with 31-year-old issues. <laughs> Sounds about right. It's kind of what we are, too. Yeah. Number five, <laughs> Kristen OZ at Hooked on Earbuds says, here's an option for your remains if you really like music. Hashtag how many Creflos uh, does that cost? And it's uh, just sends a link to a company that will press your ass- ashes into a working vinyl album. Huh. Maybe I could do that sooner rather than later. Yeah, no. <laughs> if, Just let me know when you're ready. <laughs> so if they if they if they pressed your ashes into a vinyl album, what album? Probably something by Cigarette Rose, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. Mm. Might go for something uh, different. Hump, Humpty Dance. <laughs> Baby, Bjork. Baby got back. Yeah. Barbie Girl. <laughs> Santana. Come on, Barbie yeah. Girl. <laughs> No, that would be what you would choose. No, I yours would, not would be that. like fucking Umbop or something like that. No, or something with ska, like Christian ska. No, I didn't think <laughs> about that. But something by the Supertones. Yeah, it's uh, Return of the Supertones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. It's a good Keep one. Keep reading. Supertones track. Stop back. it. Keep reading. Just like Leia's father. You hit. Want to go to bed? Keep reading. All right, number four at uh, God Rolling Bros Bibles beer. You guys keep commenting about each one. Uh, <laughs> Brad missed a- Brad missed Brad was missed. Sorry, damn it, I read too much. No, he wasn't. I drink too much. Brad was missed. Twas nice to just listen without thinking about which Polly is yelling. <laughs> so Brad wasn't on last episode. Nobody either. can tell us apart. Can you? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. By phone calls? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. After two yeah. decades you probably should be able to. <laughs> also there's caller ID too. Well there is. But I never think about you well, at all. No. In terms of, especially when you're yelling. <laughs> Same. <laughs> 
I'd really just hold the phone away from my head and just let you go. Uh-huh. Like, nah, this isn't worth listening to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number three, Courtney, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Courtney Brayblick at Salvage Pie said, I had serious thoughts on this, but then at MJ Basinger started doing plus hashtag the sound of a thousand uteruses banging shut <laughs> happened. The poly switched to dad voice in see, those moments. You know, if I you, don't want to know. See, if you'd listen to the podcast, you would know what the no, all I, this is about. But you know what? You know, you know, look at how happy I am right now not knowing... <laughs> What that was about. Like, I consider how much better I'm going to sleep tonight. Continue. I can reenact it for you. No. No, you don't need. Uh. No, stop that. No. 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 I got in trouble on, on the internet because of that. Um, okay. Yeah, that's clearly the worst thing on the internet. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It might be. Number two, yeah. uh, Jared Lawrence at JLaw Vihar said, the only hope for America is a poly for president with at MJ Basinger as press secretary. Because <laughs> you don't talk really well. I don't talk real good. He has trouble with reading. I see. Yeah. Basic comprehension. That seems to Pretty be much, yeah. one of the rules. It's probably the stroke. Fuck <laughs> 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 you guys. <laughs> oh, shit. Coming in at number one. Wait. God the Father, at Polly named God. <laughs> Michael is my favorite. <laughs> I had nothing to do. With, just for the record, Polly's and Basinger's had nothing to do with those Twitter accounts. Nothing. Yeah. Well, we didn't create them is what you're saying. Right. No, I don't have anything to do with them at all anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's special. <laughs> it all is right. indeed. Yeah. It's closing time. Thank God. Rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Write a review on iTunes. Check out our website at ingloriouspastards.com. Um, support us. Support for this podcast um, comes from our listeners like you at <laughs> patreon.com slash pastardspodcast. Yeah, thanks. Support us on Patreon to join the Pastards Pub, get bonus content, buy us around, and even help shape the content on this show. This week, um, I will be talking to um, a turd for a new episode of of a new show called Turd Talk. Kind of like TED Talk, but with turds. With you people? It's our listeners. Turd. They the, picked the no. name. They Come picked on. the name. They didn't pick that name, Turd they, Talk. Turd. Uh, they picked the oh, name yeah, Turds. Yeah, they... Yeah. Lack of self-respect we're, here. We're de- <laughs> <laughs> it's a lack of respect that hurts the most. Yeah, they picked the name well, Turd. No, that, that other thing that hurts, that hurts, hurts the most. Well, the lack of respect hurts the second, second most. That's dirty work. Way out of line. Way out of line. I got to go to the warden about this. Oh, man. Watch Dirty Work with Norm MacDonald and Hardy Lang. Do yourself a Just favor. lower your expectations considerably. Yeah, so I'll be doing a uh, turd talk. With, <laughs> Just, uh, I heard Street Fighting Man the other day on the radio, and I about lost it. It's a long story. <laughs> Rolling Stone G7. My, my dad boned his mom. Okay, it's a short story. I've never seen so many dead hookers in the back of cars. God knows I have. Lord knows I have. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Turd talk this week with with uh, Beck, Ray, yeah. Beck Ray, our uh, Anglican, Angelican, Angelican Australian. <laughs> She's he, such he an angle. Pro- he, can't that one. The, he can't pronounce it. Oh Anglican. Anyway, um, I can't yeah. believe Dirty Work got more shout-outs than Big Lebowski. It's really kind of sad, isn't it? I mean, it's gotten its fair share, but that's yeah. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. That's all right. Hashtag 
And we talked about ashes too. Yeah, we did. Oh, man. Yeah, we yeah did. but it was in a record and it didn't have anything to do with a coffee thing yeah. from Ralph's. Or, Damn it. You know, the beaches from Leo Carrillo. All the way. Now, Brad, the internet works. It's so social media. There's these things called hashtags. <laughs> there's what? On social media, there's these things called hashtags. So, what right. we do is we choose a hashtag based on conversations that we had tonight. And if people listen, you know, to the whole hour, two hours and 22 minutes we've gone so far. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> they hit us up on social media with the hashtag and let us know that they finished it. So, hashtag baby stroke. Baby stroke. Not bad. <laughs> I'll add it to the I've list. Got the, okay, I've got hashtag Nolan Ryan Shadow uh, from your wall. Yeah. Hashtag podcast on vinyl. Uh, hashtag probably Sophie's Choice. <laughs> 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 hashtag uh, fat naked man on a shark. Uh, hashtag rub your wood on a shark. <laughs> hashtag do the pickle pop. Hashtag jerking off in the shower. Totally cool. Hashtag Pickens is anti-printing press. Hashtag there's power in the cornfield. <laughs> Hashtag Brad is the meat. <laughs> so glad I get to be part of that. And you said that this is something that people, like real people, do. Yes. And then hashtag, <laughs> hashtag Michael explains the internet to Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> what do you got? Um, I've got hashtag podcast on vinyl. Mm-hmm. Hashtag dump cup. I don't even remember what that was from. I don't know. Hashtag green phallic pepper. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag do the pickle pop. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag testaments. <laughs> hashtag the church is masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Steve Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> that might be the winner. <laughs> Hashtag textual variants. <laughs> you said that like three times. Sorry. Hashtag give me some ointment. <coughs> ointment yeah. is a funny word. It is. It is a fun word. And hashtag Brad is the meat and hashtag baby stroke. <laughs> I like Steve Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just check out. Um, Steve Good- I like Steve Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> not, not Brad is the meat. <laughs> no, but then it could be it, it could be it could be my brother too. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Well, we could do Pickens is the meat. <laughs> let's just let's not stay away from it. Steve no. Gutenberg Bible. Yeah, Steve, All right. Steve Gutenberg Bible, G-U-T-T-E-N-B-E-R-G. Um, so if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media, at Pastors Podcast. At Paul and Matt. And you can send smoke signals to Pickens. <laughs> uh, he'll look to the horizon, 7 p.m.? Yeah. All right. All right. Um, yeah, and then uh, at MJ Basinger for myself. And then if you'd like to send Brad a get well message, at Paul and Brad. Telling a man up. He's currently dry heaping in his shower. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to REM's Everybody Hurts. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so Push um, button, buddy. Yeah. Be sure to check out uh, Twisted Sisters. They had a live episode last week. Um, they are no longer gonna be on our feed, so make sure you go subscribe to their internet feed. Here we go. Yep. Thanks for coming up, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for sending me out with this music. 
Thank yeah. you for being a friend. Porno Sonic. Everybody likes 70s porn. I know. Mm. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't make noises. You're not allowed to make noises. Um, did you order this pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done that joke like four or five times, I'm pretty sure. Did you order extra sausage on it? <laughs> no. Never. No. Not I even once. Not. <laughs> Banana peppers? Yes. <laughs> Some onion, maybe. I, can, I could eat some pizza right now, actually. Yeah, I'm a little. I can eat anything. I could, even with extra sausage. I'm gonna <laughs> balance out the Mexican joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, huh? all right. Thanks.